It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussin' and a discussin' with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this 21st day of December, 2022. Or 2022. Wow, I was about a about 10 millennia ahead of myself there for a minute. Uh, it is the winter solstice. The winter solstice came in about 42 minutes ago. The sun was directly over the Tropic of Capricorn. And so now, let the sun be reborn. Ah, that was not singing. Now quit it. Uh, this is the Horn Head On Live. Is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn Chat Room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And... Uh, all time zones in between, the great globe round, whatever time it is when you're listening to the program. As usual, the uh, I, I implore, I ask ever so sweetly, whatever platform you're listening on, please like, please subscribe, uh, please add positive feedback, and uh, let us know how, uh, you know, that way the algorithms, that lets the algorithms know that, you know, like the who's in Whoville, we're here, we're here. I'm, well, anyway... I'm Robin, and it is prayer meeting Wednesday on the horn, and it being the prayer meeting Wednesday before Christmas, the little old blue-haired ladies and the little old blue-haired men and the little old blue-haired non-binaries in the uh, Fellowship Hall kitchen were extra special, double-plus busy, and it's uh, pastry time. It's pastry time down in the Fellowship Hall. I mean, sure, there was, was you know, cold cuts and some nice... Nice uh, uh, rustic bread and stuff and cheese and whatnot. And, and the deacons and everybody else made sandwiches. But the big deal was uh, uh, the uh, big tray of kolachkis and the pizza uh, because a uh, friend of, of Slovenian origin got busy in her kitchen. And, uh, well, it, the, the, the deacons were more than thrilled. And special thanks going out to our, uh, our our pal Chris in Germany, 
the annual Christmas package arrived today with Stalin and uh, and and, and uh, macaroons and oh, little Christmas cookies in the shapes of stars. And I don't know who was more excited, me, Annette, Ferg, um, my 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 beloved daughter-in-law, or most of all, five-year-old Layla. I want one of those, and one of those, and one of those, and one of those. And it's Christmas, so, you know, there's not going to be any talk about, you know, spoiling supper or anything. No, no, no. I didn't know that. Thank you, Randy Radar, letting me know uh, you can even like on Patreon. Well, well, feel free to go if you're one of the the few, the happy few over at Patreon. um, Please feel free to like. It's much appreciated. Uh, And uh, all of this is because of the encouragement of Brother Deacon Asa who watches these kind of things with uh, with uh, laser beam uh, precision. Uh, well, how about that? I don't know that I'm going to necessarily mention that because, well, okay, why not? Brother Deacon Asa just sent me a message. Psst, hey, Kincaid. As perverse as it sounds, the feedback doesn't necessarily have to be positive. Any feedback is seen by the algorithms as engagement. I know it's awful. Well, as long as I don't, as long as I don't have to read the ugly stuff, we're fine. And uh, well, I mean, because yeah. I'm sensitive. Yeah, yeah, too sensitive. But anyway, I'm getting way out ahead of myself. Uh, uh, every every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. And so, consequently. We say thank you to our 21st day of the month subscribers over on PayPal. And that means that we say uh, we say thank you uh, to Karen. Thank you, Karen. And thank you to Harold, President and CEO of Sotstris, the secret open carry Happy Trails Roundup Society. Uh, thank you so much to uh, Tracy. Thank you, Tracy. And, uh, well, thanks one and all for being partial sponsors of the program. Thank you as well to David, formerly of San Diego, now of Oregon. And thank you to uh, thank you to Brendan. Thank you so much. So that takes our fundraising goal down, thanks to David and Brendan. That takes our fundraising goal down to $910. That means that only $10 remains in funding for last month, week, last week. Ten more dollars and last week is fully funded, and that leaves yesterday, Monday, and today unfunded, and hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll take a little bite out of that this evening. The bigger the better. Um, with uh, some dispatch. Uh, Brendan said, I'm finally able to restore my monthly donation after saving 10 bucks on my Part D drug plan. And don't ever apologize, Brendan. You are dear to this community. Don't ever apologize. Uh, thank you. Please accept our abiding and heartfelt thanks. I want to wish you and the entire horn mob. Ooh, I don't think we've ever been a mob before. Uh, a healthy, happy, loving, and delightful holiday season with a near future of justice, peace, and an equitable justice for all. Here, here. Here, here. Brendan, thank you. Brendan, always noting peace, lady. Thank you, Brendan. So sweet. And such, such a perfect sentiment. Justice, peace, and an equitable justice for all. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you, Ralphs. Hey, look, 
Last week's fully funded. Yay! Thank you, Ralph. So 900 bucks to go. That's Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And we're off and running. Thank you, Ralph. Thank you. You are such a dear. And then this. This via our pal Cat in Ohio. $100 challenge for you to share the horn boozy eggnog recipe with permission from the author, of course, uh, after the challenge is met. Uh, chickens must be on strike, says Cat. Went to Kroger's today. Not many cartons. Price for cartons left, six ninety-five. Yikes! Hi, six. Well, you know, six dollar ninety-five cent eggs are right up there with four dollar and ninety-five cent instant grits. Next, some right winger will tell me all the eggs and grits are going to Ukraine. And speaking of Ukraine, of course, we will be. Uh, it, well, I think uh, I think Ukrainian President Zelensky is due to address. Uh, the Congress at uh, about 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so we'll be going off the air um, just as the address is beginning, and I will, uh, I'll watch, and I'm sure you will as well. And I want to take a moment to send out our uh, very special and very loving good wishes to our pal Joy in Ann Arbor. Um, if you're listening to this after, well, then the good wishes work um, and you will be I, I trust you will be listening after uh, Joy is going in for some uh, uh, for some necessary surgery tomorrow uh, she's already put it up on Facebook so I assume it's okay for me to mention it uh, There's no, uh, she's, she's friends with a number of uh, folks from the Horn Family Community Congregation so many of you already know that but I just wanted to take a moment and uh, uh, and, and, and wish our dear friend Joy well. Uh, she has a fantastic, uh, a fantastic doctor, and uh, the doctor in turn has a wonderful, hey, I'm going to use Brendan's word, mob, uh, to assist her, and everything's going to, and, and, and there's, you know, a rabble of dick to, there's even a robot involved. Warning, warning. No, not that kind of robot. Um, so be of good cheer, heal, follow your doctor's orders. Don't get up and try to clean the house or cook a 13-course meal for di- No. Uh, Joy was kind of bummed out when she found out the scheduling. It, it needed to be done, but it, she already had the whole Christmas menu ready to go because Joy's that kind of girl. Um, and that sort of went by the wayside, but... Uh, you just you just be of good cheer, and um, sit back and relax. And I know I know she'll be watching the uh, speech by President Zelensky this evening. And frankly, well, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that uh, that this is taking place because you know how the maggots are. They would happily hang Ukraine out to dry for a kopeck from. Uh, Daddy Vladdy, and uh, ill. But then again, that presents that presents one of the one of the conundra. Conundra? Yes, I think they are conundra. Uh, that we we face going into this new House of Representatives Republican sort of majority. Uh, as long as the Democrats present a united front. And given the 
teeny tiny majority that the Republicans have, all we have to do is peel away two or three. And I don't think, I don't, I just don't think man of silly putty Kevers McCarthy is going to have the sort of strong-willed leadership style that, say, old, you know, Nancy Pelosi had. So I hope I hope that we don't wind up uh, hanging Ukraine out to dry. What a hell of a, what a hell of a holiday season for them, huh? They're worth keeping in your thoughts. Um, thank you, but I want to go back and say thank you again to Cat. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll share that. It's not my eggnog recipe, but Lord, I love it. Although, although along the way, I think there's going to be a modification because Brother Deacon Asa told me something uh, last night that uh, he found a kick-ass eggnog recipe from a group of oh, what what epidemiologists, virologists, maybe, and it's uh, guaranteed to be salmonella-free because you know here in Merca. Uh, we have a hard time, well, you know, we let the chickens, live. we're not going to, no, I'm not going to ruin anybody's dinner yet, no. Uh, but if you uh, if you mix one cup or so of the, of whatever booze you're using into the egg yolks, you got to, well, alcohol is an antiseptic now, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, thank you, Kat. And so there's $100 out there that's waiting to be matched, and that would get us two-thirds of the way to... Uh, uh, two-thirds of the way to actually uh, meeting Monday's fundraising. Thank you, Kat. Thank you so very much. And as soon as it's met, I'll be sharing. And it's not like that's blackmail or anything. No. Uh, what's that? Uh, wow. Uh, since we're talking about prices in the grocery store and whatnot. Uh, iceberg lettuce. Stephen New York says, because of a stomach issue, I can only eat iceberg lettuce. The last time I bought it, the price was five nine ninety nine a head. Am I right in remembering that there was a time not too long ago when a head of lettuce was between ninety nine cents and two bucks? You are not wrong, not at all. Everything is just nuts, and hopefully, it will, hopefully, it will improve. But some of that has to do. Some of that depends upon a certain amount of goodwill on the part of the uh, majority in the House because they control the purse strings and any efforts to control inflation will kind of have to go through them. Um, and, of course, everybody's yelling recession, recession, recession now. It's the damnest, damnedest economic upheaval I think this country's ever seen because the only people dealing with the economic upheaval are people who, who you know aren't millionaires and billionaires. The high cost of things, Scott in San Diego says, uh, there was a story the other day about a pillow maker in Yugoslavia who was frustrated about a sudden and higher price on goose feathers. I can't repeat his reaction in the original language, but it translates along these lines. Oh, Scott, 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 Scott. You knew I was going to cold read this. Good Lord, he said. Even the price of down is up. Then again, earlier today, Scott posted a picture 
uh, on my Facebook page. And 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 I gotta say, gotta say you're 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 looking you're looking perky and chipper there, Scott. And I'm glad to know it. But uh, there's the picture of Scott, little earbuds in, and looks like a stogie there. Imagine my surprise when I discovered a cigar with my French toast this morning. I rang for a nurse to give me a light, and when she arrived, she said, "That's a sausage link, you idiot." The fun just never ends here at the care center. Well, with with you there, I have no doubt, Scott, that you keep them in stitches. Because I know you do that, do the same uh, for us. Uh, Ralph's noting. Oh, Scott! <sighs> Even the price of down is up. Oh. That's wild, uh, Randy Radar pointing out at one point in time this pa- this fall. Fall's now over. It's winter, y'all. Uh, Oscar Meyer Bologna was selling at Walmart for over $7 a pound. I declined and bought the red-ringed off-brand bologna instead. What you want to look for is the stuff that's called German bologna. That's the good stuff. Oh, it's so yummy. I just like the spices better. Um... I know, I know. Micah just said even the price of ah, uh, but um, no, we, Micah, we call those gnurs because it's the exact opposite backwards of ring, which refers to the cowbell. Definite gnur. But anyway, anyway, it was it, we, the, all those lovely pastries were there in the Fellowship Hall kitchen and the and the deacons. Oh, the deacon, deacons feasted merrily and. Uh, the pizza nut roll, that's just going to get sliced paper thin. They sat back and, well, they had some of the pastry and they had some coffee. And then they trundled their massive bulk up the two flights of stairs and out into the parking lot where they, as tradition has it, took to smoking with the sinners. They got a couple of they they got a they they chain smoked a couple before I came to the door with the uh, with the uh, horn solar powered uh, cattle prod. Then they got moving and things in motion tend to remain in motion. Things at rest tend to remain at rest. And deacons were definitely in motion as they came thundering, bumbling and rumbling and stumbling past me. Uh, stopped to take a couple of shots of. With hand sanitizer, you know, it's about 100 and 150 proof, and uh, you know, blew past that desiccating bowl of butter mints, and well, they're waiting down front now, and they'll be uh, passing around the heavy brass-bound plates with the red velvet uh, interior and the PayPal button there and the Patreon button and the and 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 ringed around the edges the mailing address for the horn you know 1038 north eisenhower drive pmb 318 beckley west virginia b-e-c-k-l-e-y wv 25801 and with that with that being the case um well uh, it's time to bring the minister of music up to lead us in the offertory hymn uh, sibling minister of music, if you would, please. And he said, it's time for you 
to leave behind the things of this world. The fine houses, the fancy cars, the flashy clothes, because we are all naked in the eyes of the Lord. Stop! Ladies this man is clinically insane. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let me hear you say, Amen. Amen. Let me hear you say, Praise the Lord. Let me hear you say, I will empty the contents of my wallet into that little collection plate when it comes around. I will empty the contents of my wallet into that little plate when it comes around. And it's all tax-free. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Praise the Lord for all the cash I've got. Praising for my Rolls Royce and my yacht. Serving God ain't hard with a credit card. Jesus died so I could make a lot Praise the Lord, He's made us millionaires Wave your donations in the air We've replaced our hymns with ATMs And soon we'll charge a fee on every prayer Jesus Christ was a poor man, don't you know he should have used our accountants for his cash flow Stop the Sermon on the Mount, he should have had a bank account Two thousand years with interest, he'd be rolling in the dough Praise the Lord, this song's out on CD Just forty ninety-five plus GST Hallelujah, plenty of moolah Solid gold baubles on my Christmas tree Got all of heaven's riches Thanks to all you stupid bitches Praise the Lord for modern Christianity Yeah Whoever said religion should be free Oh, oh. Welcome, welcome, one and all I'm calling on you to get up out of your seats and onto your feet. How glory! And come on down that blood red aisle and fall, fall upon your knees at the altar and lay your hands upon the subwoofer. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. And feel the healing rays, the healing heathen rays of common sense. How Oh, glory f flowing through you from the server on high. I am Arch Pope Uber Ultimate Uber Rap Ultimate E Mama. <laughs> Arch Pope Uber Rabbi Ultimate E Mama, animated animist, antagonized agnostic. Mm, adverse. Adversarial. Mm, whatever. <laughs> you know, I got a little out of practice at this. I did. Uh, but I'm also vicarious vicar, maximum metropolitan, naughty nun, um, aggravated abbess, mother superior, Robin Kincaid, and this is the prayer meeting Wednesday from the Cathedral of Common Sense. Amen. Amen. How glory. Amen. Yes. Maybe I could, no, I shouldn't, the abbess shouldn't be angry. No, the, the abbess should be angelic. It's Christmas. Ah, that's not singing either. There's a $100 challenge on the table, and the deacons are, deacons are, did I just say deacons? The deacons are passing the plate, even as we speak. 
So we need to check in because we haven't heard from him a little while, in a little while uh, with uh, Pastor, Brother, Minister, Gospel Sharp, Greg Lockie. Uh, Greg Lockie, you may recall, has in the past been exposed as, among other things, a uh, a wife beater, uh, domestically violent to the fem- uh, to the to the women of of, of uh, the species, especially the one who was unfortunately married to him. Among other things, he also says that uh, the the pandemic, uh, the COVID pandemic, was fake. Um, he's big on burning books like Harry Potter and Twilight. And while I'm not a book burner, um, I heartily endorse the idea of staying the hell away from Harry Potter because, well, Joanne doesn't need another dollar in her pocket. Uh, the, the Madam Maximum Turf over there um, in the uh, Citrit Isle. Yes. Uh, I... You couldn't pay me to go to the Harry Potter theme park. I guess every ticket that goes, some portion of it goes into her hateful pocket. But no, uh, Greg Lockie actually burned Harry Potter books. He burned Twilight books. Uh, It may be that Bram Stoker's Dracula or Mary Shelley's uh, Frankenstein is too highbrow for Greg Lockie, but nonetheless, he, he burned those with his uh, weirdo parishioners. And so this past one, uh, Monday, <laughs> Pastor Greg Lockie, by the way, is a practitioner of hate, and yet somehow or another, he's still on Twitter. And he's even got a blue check mark. I guess that means he's paying his $8 a month. Well, he's not paying it to congregation art. But... Uh, he, uh, he he sent out a tweet Monday, and he said, and by the way, remember, this guy's in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, basically middle Tennessee, not far from Nash Vegas. And he said, uh, tonight, <laughs> no, Scott, I'm not. Quit that. Scott said, uh, the garbled prayer meeting Wednesday opening just now. You're sounding as garbled as I do. Are you on oxycodone too? No, I am not. and, and uh, Not at all. Ever. Uh, meanwhile, well, there, there's Randy Radar. Eggnog getting to you, huh? I'll have you know there's no eggnog involved. That's the shame of it all. It's kind of like when I stumble and fall flat on my face and stone cold sober and don't have anything to blame. Uh, But still, uh, eggnog getting to you. Randy, kind of wish it was. Uh, this past Monday, Greg Lockie said, Tonight, my family was publicly threatened with death by a witchcraft practicing psycho. Extra securitize at my home, and a police report has been filed. Speaking truth makes enemies. I won't be silent, he tweeted in all caps. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to hope that whatever cop showed up was like, yeah, sure, buddy. Yeah, you, 
Yeah, let me get, let me get this right. Uh, you were threatened with death by 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 what by, by a witch. Okay, and and uh, uh, just to make sure here, uh, brother, pastor, minister, Lockie, um, you you think witches is real? Uh, okay. Uh, now I, I'm going I'm going to call somebody else to come along here and talk to you about them witches that's a threatening you. Now you just you just tell them tell them the same thing you taught me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're real nice. Did, tell me, Pastor Lockie, did they did did this person write this message to you, or 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 say it to your face, or did they or did they send the message to you through the feelings in your teeth? It, 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 this this is just all part of the law enforcement investigative process, Pastor. Uh, the funny thing, though, is that back in September 2021, Greg Lockie was permabanned from Twitter, but, well, <laughs> he got his Twitter account back from Brother Elon, Brother Elno, Napoleon Bonapartheid. Yeah. Um, Stephen New York says, uh, Greg Lockie, I will guarantee you 100% he's lying. Of course he is. Well, maybe not. You know, because when people get that far down the rabbit hole, and that's not a, that's not a technical mental health or behavioral health term, but when people like Greg Lockie go that far down the rabbit hole, they can believe, I mean, you could, you could, you could strap polygraph electrodes or whatever they are onto Greg Lockie and ask him if he was, had his life threatened by a witch. And, and and he'd say yep, and the the lines on the polygraph would be like mm, because he, he believes it. Uh, but here's the fun part. Over on the Facebook, Greg Lockie has two point two million followers. And actually, is more prominent on the evangelical religious right than marginally sane people. He's pals with Roger Stone now. So, uh, well, a good. I don't know. It's the solstice. And this day is particularly sacred to um, pagans, um, Wiccans. And I know my Wiccan friends are particularly moral individuals, so they, they tend not to curse people or cast spells on them or anything. But I don't know. You reckon... Uh, Maybe, maybe, maybe there's maybe maybe there's a witch out there who's willing to take one for the team, and I don't think the universe would get too awful mad if uh, maybe at least a you know case of boils or maybe some really really badass hem- and I guess that's a I guess that's a medical term, isn't it? Badass hemorrhoids uh, were to erupt. On Greg Lockie, and then you know, a witch done this to me. 
So it, it, every, if somebody brings him a cold cup of coffee, was it, was that a witch? Jesus, these people. Jesus, save us from your followers. But he's not the only one. Oh no, this is a this is a this is a Jim Dandy little uh, prayer meeting Wednesday because we got another nutcase along the lines of. I mean, the, the, these these guys are nuttier than this Slovenian pa- uh, pastry that I got sitting behind me here that's uh, waiting for Christmas. Uh, no, uh, there's also Jonathan Shelley. Shelley, you got That's how you say it in Southernese. Jonathan Shelley, Shelley. Because I mean, there are these things down. They call Shelley beans. You know, you got to you got to take them out of the little. Yeah, we we're having some Shelley beans. Mm-hmm. Not jelly beans. Shelley beans. Well, Jonathan Shelley. Uh, is having a hard time finding somewhere to hold his uh, his his hate sessions because he's and and look no one is going to say I, I don't think there's anybody out there willing to say that um, that uh, landlords are known for their particular Morality, you know, as long as the check clears, probably get a, you'd probably get somebody to, re- but no. Uh, Jonathan Shelley can't seem to find anybody to rent him a storefront uh, from which he can run his uh, his his hate church. Yeah, I know. Heart's breaking, isn't it? Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to get the uh, sound bite all queued up. Give me a second. Sorry about this. Because I was all ready to play it on the other on, on the other device, but I know. There we go. Uh, he uh, he runs an outfit called Steadfast Baptist Church. And I guess he feels like he's being persecuted. Nail him up. Nail him up, I say. Nail some sense into him. Bring the lion. Cue the lion. Hey, everybody. This is Pastor Jonathan Shelley from Steadfast Baptist Church. And I wanted to give you an update about our church location. Um, We're actually, unfortunately, going to have to move again um, for next year. And so, obviously, we've been protested, you know, like every single week for really years at this point and it doesn't seem like it's going to change anytime soon um well the reality is you know nobody really wants to lease to us 
uh, so it makes it very difficult. Um, I am still working on a few options. Uh, we've been hit with a lot of legal fees and all kinds of different issues. If you uh, really want to be a part of our church, it's never been a better time. Our church is growing. Uh, we have a lot of people that love the Lord, and uh, everything's looking really up. Yeah, I don't think I want to join. How about you? Uh, it's nice that somebody's out there protesting. Good, good on y'all. Mm, there's, there, there, there's one problem though. He doesn't make he 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 doesn't make it. His outreach is not from his stupid sh uh, storefront. Uh, he runs his hustle online. And again, he's an he's a uh, another firebug preacher. In this case, he tends he tends to burn Bibles that aren't that are not the King James version because uh, God apparently uh, spoke only Elizabethan English, which is a heck of a thing for a you know Middle Eastern mono deity. Um, at one point in time, he said. Uh, this is, yeah, I mean, this is some really ugly garbage. Um, at one point in time, well, this is this is what passes for a sermon with Jonathan Shelley. Uh, this goes back to October twenty seventh. Makes you wonder. We need to be warned of this this serpent seed, of the seed of the devil, these Jews that are out there, because they want to destroy everything that's holy and everything that's righteous. And in our culture, it is not acceptable to say anything negative about them. The Haven't you heard about the Holocaust, Pastor Shelley? Yeah. Why do I care? I mean, if... If, if someone walks into a homo bar and shoots, them all, shoots a bunch of homos and kills all of them, you know how many tears I shed for that? Zero. And you know what? People that worship the devil, I don't care how many of them die. I don't care. You say, well, Adolf Hitler is evil. Ah, absolutely. That guy was full of the devil. Okay? That guy was an antichrist figure. Absolutely. But you know what? If antichrist kills another antichrist, I don't cry even one second. Well, did they kill six million? I doubt it. Only if we were lucky. I said, this sermon is not nice. It's not. How many losses can I get? I don't know. But let me tell you something. If you're going to be like Jesus, you have to do something. You have to preach against the Jews. And it's not popular. No one likes it. You're going to get a lot of heat for it. But you know what? I'd rather preach the truth on this issue and get all the heat for it than to be a coward and try to worship the Jew. like. And yet, curiously, the money keeps rolling in. You can't find a, you can't find a place to preach from, at least not in a, defo, you know, a, a decrepit shopping mall or anything. But all he has to do is say this shit, and the money rolls in. Most Baptists, we will not worship that, that Jew. And we need to be the loudest voice out here explaining how the Jews are wicked, evil, satanic people that hate the Lord Jesus Christ. I am not Judeo-Christian. Our country should not be Judeo-Christian. Texas should not support these wicked people. You got that? 
But again, this was October the 27th, and, and there's a reason I mention this, because in about 18 minutes, we're going to be having a conversation uh, with a young, a young man named James Slaw uh, around the top of the hour. At least that's the way we plan things. Uh, that sermon was 23 days before the slaughter at Club Q. 23 days. And he said if someone went in and murdered every single person in an LGBTQ bar, he would not shed a single tear. See, this is how I know that organized religion is, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Let's be gentle and say a mess. Because this guy's been preaching this garbage for years, and I I have yet to hear a Lutheran, a Methodist, a Presbyterian, an Episcopalian, um, a Catholic, another kind of Baptist, a an, 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 an apostolic holiness person, none of them say that this guy is not a Christian and that this guy does not partake of the saving grace of Christ Jesus and that he is in fact hell-bound. And every one of the chuckling assholes who sit in his congregation and listen to this anti-Semitic, transphobic, homophobic, xenophobic filth. No one. Not one. Don't know why. I mean, I can't, like I've said before, I can't do it. Because, well... Not a Christian. Um, meanwhile, our pal Cynthia in the Bay Area said, uh, if someone shoots and kills that filthy bastard, I won't be shedding any tears either, fucking rat-fucking bigoted pig. Oh, I know that's not very Christian of me, but then I'm not a Christian. But as for other innocent people who were murdered, I would shared, shed tears for them. I get it. I get it, Cynthia. I mean, imagine, imagine what kind of toxic, dead place in whatever passes for a spirit or a soul or just an animating uh, uh, electrical charge one has to have to say, Oh, okay, Hitler killed six million Jews. If we're lucky, he said that, and, and, and his little congregation uh, mumbled their approval. Stephen, New York, observing. Uh, I seem to remember something about loving one's enemies. Remind me who said this? Uh, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a guy named Yeshua Bar Yusuf. Kind of the first century CE equivalent of the, the Palestinian equivalent of being named John Smith. Uh, the uh, brown-skinned Palestinian day labor and semi-literate itinerant rabbi who 
wore a dress every day of their life. Yeah, I think it was that 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 person. And you know, maybe this is just a theological thing. Bear with me. I always say who wore a dress every day of their life because well, I mean, the Council of Nicaea and the Council of Whoville and the, uh, all these Christian councils sat around trying to try, trying to sort out the whole Jesus question and you know the Arian heresy and oh my God it goes on and on and on, but they finally settled on the idea that uh, Jesus was Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. One plus one plus one equals one. They were worse at ciphering than I am. But the thing is, God and Jesus, they're definitely dudes. The Holy Spirit is feminine. So if they're one and the same, I think that I think they're non binary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of, kind of makes sense. But anyway, uh, this uh, this sick fucker. Well, he's uh, he's raking it in online, even if he even if he has to make YouTube or, or whoever platforms him videos. In the parking lot. And, uh, he's, he's, wonder how the Supreme Court would respond to him. Say if a landlord refused to rent to him because, well, he's a hate filled Christian. Yeah? Yeah? I wonder if, uh, the handmaid and brat and Anne's boy Neil and Sammy Bad Breath and Clarence Pubes on the Coke Can Fappy Thomas. I wonder if they'd all get together and say that no landlords must rent to Jonathan Shelley. And of course, he uses his First Amendment rights uh, on the regular. He even went back in May, he went to uh, the Arlington, Texas City Council to throw a fit about Pride Month. And even there, in public, he called for the murder, the cold-blooded murder, of people who simply love each other differently than he and his his his, his bloody Abrahamic God prefer. My name is Jonathan Shelley. I'm the pastor of Steadfast Baptist Church, and I'm here today because I have church members that live in Arlington. I live only a few miles away from here, and I do business in Arlington on a weekly basis. I'm horrified and ashamed that this city has decided to promote uh, and solicit pride in this city. Pride is nothing to be celebrated. In fact, it's an abomination. 
The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 8, the fear of the Lord is to hate pride, hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. According to God, we should hate pride, not celebrate it. We should humble ourselves as virtually the whole room said that we were a nation under God, according to the American flag, and we were a state under God, according to the Texas flag. We should humble ourselves to what the Bible says yep. and not what the small minority here that is a bully would say. Amen. In June of 2020, Mayor Jeff Williams officially announced the acceptance of Pride Month in June for the city of Arlington. But I don't understand why we'd celebrate what used to be a crime not long ago. In yep. fact, according to the Texas Penal Code and Section 21.06, homosexual conduct, a person commits an offense if he engages in deviant sexual... Don't you love it? Don't you love it? The uh, Whoever's got the gavel there for the Arlington City Council insists that other people be respectful of him while he calls for the slaughter of other people? Yeah, that's... Uh... That's special. ...sexual intercourse with another individual of the same sex. In fact, that is still on the books today, even though Lawrence versus Texas overruled that in 2003. But God has already ruled mm. that murder, adultery, witchcraft, rape, bestiality, and homosexualities are crimes worthy of capital punishment. Mm. Leviticus 20.13, the Bible says, If a man also lie with mankind, as he lieth with a woman... Both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Amen. Their blood shall be upon them. Yeah, Romans 1 says that men with men are worthy of death. 2 Peter chapter 2 warns and says that... And you, you, maybe, maybe some people wonder from time to time why I say from time to time that the First Amendment in this country has been reduced to nothing more than a life support system for the religion industry. This is an official city government meeting back in May in which he openly called for the murder of the gay community, the LGBTQ QQIA plus community. And the crowd were told to be respectful of him. He is literally engaging in incitement murder. If someone had been hurt that night, he would have been arrestable as an accessory before the fact. Except for the fact that here in this country we don't do that. Because people like him have special rights that the rest of us do not have. Turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example of those that after should live ungodly. Right. and delivered just lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Bible's right what these people do is filthy. According to CDC, homosexual men are 230 times more likely to get HIV than straight men. Yep. Nope. But the truth isn't particularly important to this freak. So, uh, he just toddles along his merry way, spewing his filth and calling for various and sundry murders because Jesus glory hallelujah salvation grace
other countries, which actually still have freedom, understand that that is not free speech. That that is incitement of criminal conduct via hatred. Oh, well, huh. And the fact of the matter is, uh, this, this, this guy, Jonathan Shelley, uh, he's way up on my list of people I expect to be, uh, to see someday was busted. You know, the, you know the old saying from Bart Cop with a man in his mouth. Just like, uh, well, and, and, and he was way up on the list until he just graduated from it. Uh, oh, uh, you know him. Uh, he could, why is his name escaping me? Hey, he's from L.A. Uh, and got caught with a man in his mouth. Or, you know, like Ernest Angley, I didn't make him come. Right. Or Pastor Ted Haggard. All these people so tormented by their by their own self-loathing and their own self-hatred that they can't uh, acknowledge their own sexuality. Uh, in 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 nope nope everybody everybody's got to be like them because then maybe they won't be tempted to be like other people. <sighs> Hallelujah, y'all. Yeah, Jesse Lee Peterson. <laughs> he did. No, no, that's her. No, we 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 saved it. He did for, you know, Herm Cain. Herb, right, right. Brother Deacon Asa pointed out uh, a little bit again. It's the Jews. <sighs> Lewis Black, why did you have to do that and <laughs> get it stuck in Brother Deacon Asa's head so that he torments me with it? But uh, no, yeah. Ah, the old burning non-King James Bible uh, version Bibles trick, Scott says. Uh, that shit's been done to death. I remember in the late 1960s, Reverend Carl Kilikami for Christ McIntyre having a non-stop bug up his butt about that. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I cherish you for your, for your colorful language, Scott. My goodness gracious. Uh, but, you know, that's... Uh, that's just, well, that's just Christianity, right? On oh, one more, one more, and then we'll 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 do serious news type stuff. Uh, they're coming after Amy Grant. Now, some of you may not know who Amy Grant is. She was the darling of, uh, of of contemporary Christian music back when I was a little pimply-faced gospel DJ back in the late 70s and early 80s. Beautiful voice. Uh, crossed over a little bit into mainstream pop. And not too long back, Amy Grant uh, was recognized... Uh, at the Kennedy Center Honors for her lifetime artistic achievements. In fact, she became the first contemporary Christian vocalist to ever receive 
the Kennedy Center honors. I'll note that back when I was a little pimply-faced gospel DJ, I, I could only play Amy Grant after 11 p.m. because that's when the that's when the real Christians went to bed. And it, uh, she's had a tremendous career. But the problem is, she said, uh, according to a Washington Post article about her. In recent years, she's voiced support for the LGBTQ community, where she has had a large fan base for decades. Now she talks about her and uh, her husband Vince Gill's plans to host her niece's wedding at their farm. And her niece is gay. And they're going to have a big old gay wedding there in Middle Tennessee. And... uh, she said, uh, what a gift to our whole family to just widen the experience of our whole family. Honestly, from a faith perspective, yeah, just a second. Honestly, from a faith perspective, I do always say, Jesus, you just narrowed it down to two things, love God and love each other, she said. I mean, hey, that's pretty simple. Well, that didn't sit well with Billy Graham's boy, Franklin. Amy Grant announced to the Washington Post that she and her husband, Vince Gill, are going to host a same-sex wedding on their farm for her niece. Amy is quoted as saying, Jesus, you just narrowed it down to two things, love God and love each other. Yes, we are to love God and love each other, but if we love God, we will seek to obey his word. Jesus told us, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then uh, uh, Tony Norman, yes, Mother Bates, Perkins, uh, followed suit saying, too many Christians have conflated love with affirmation. We love everyone, but we cannot affirm all choices. Yeah, because, well, being gay or trans or lesbian or bi, those are choices, aren't they, Tony? Tony, what? when did you choose to be an obnoxious straight boy? Right. No. Um. There we go. Yeah, Lady B remembers. Amy Grant, Amy, baby, baby, I'm taken with the notion. Grant, she's married to Vince Gill. We played her a lot. Good Christian woman. Yeah, still is. But not according to Franklin. And Tony Norman, yes, Mother Bates, Perkins, oh, hell no. So, uh, what I was, uh, what I mentioned earlier, oh, wow, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark, so much. Uh, wow. Mark and, uh, Mark in Brooklyn, that is that's magnificent. Cat um, in Ohio's chow, uh, challenge has been met, and that means Monday is fully funded, and part of Tuesday is too, because Mark just did a have a show on me. Thank you so much, Mark. So everybody, 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 thank Mark. Thank you so much. 
because we are in a desperate race to, uh, you know, keep the electricity on here. But as I promised a little bit ago, um, I have on the line with me right now, I'm about to bring him on, a young man by the name of James Slaw. And James is... uh, James is a 34-year-old man from Colorado Springs. And uh, James's sister, his boyfriend, and James himself are all survivors of the attack on Club Q. And I am honored, honored that James has taken a few moments to, uh, to, to speak with us this evening. James, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, for, again, being so generous with your time. I trust I have you there. Yes, you do. Uh, and thank you so much, Robin, for letting me join your, uh, your show here. Uh, it's an, it's an absolute, pro- uh, entirely a pleasure on my part, uh, you know, save for the subject matter. So uh, right. l- let me ask, are, are you a lifelong native of the Springs? Uh, more or less. I've been here since I was, you know, eight, nine years old. Okay, okay. And uh, obviously, I've, I've already mentioned you were present there the night of November 19th mm-hmm. as it turned to November the 20th. Um, and it was just to be an ordinary evening. Uh, I, I take it you'd been to Club Q before? That is correct. Yeah, we were uh, kind of a regular there and <laughs> knew, knew the staff pretty well. Well, it's not like there were a lot of safe spaces in Colorado Springs to begin with uh, for the LGBTQ QQIA plus community so we, you know if, if you ordinarily go somewhere that you know you're going to be safe or think you are you tend to stay with what you know right right and Club Q was the first the safe space for LGBTQ right opened in the early 2000s um and then uh, we recently got a second place. <laughs> so eh, there's not many, and uh, I don't know much about Colorado Springs, but it's a pretty conservative town. Well, and that had been my understanding, that it is in, indeed one of the most right-wing areas of Colorado. Uh, what, uh, you know, and I, I, take it, I take it that you're out and proud, um, uh, yep. you and your partner, and mm-hmm. what, is, what is, tell people what it's like to be out in a place as right-wing as Colorado Springs? Yeah, so first and foremost, when I first came out about 10 years ago, I was 24, um, because I grew up in a pretty, you know, conservative household. Um, My sister came out first, uh, and she's always just owned it and uh, just has been an amazing person. But she paved the way for me to feel comfortable coming out to my parents. And they ultimately chose love. They ultimately chose to, you know, support us um, rather than their religion. And it, you know, it became a very good household. Uh, but I came out ten years ago, and it's still a journey after you come out because it is scary. It's living in a place that you know you get looks. You you don't find a whole lot of uh, LGBTQ people here um, unless you go, you know. To try and find them in those safe spaces, uh, it, it, it is a scary, a scary thing. I took years and years just to be comfortable with myself, even after coming out to my family and friends. Well, and and that 
did it go well with family and friends? I don't I don't want to just turn this into a, into your yeah. bio and, and and please don't let me make you uncomfortable. <laughs> but no, you're there's, fine. A, there's a big difference between being accepted within a family group and being yeah. accepted within larger society. I mean, um, right. Are you are you comfortable walking down the street in a place like Colorado Springs holding hands? Uh, for a long time, I was not. Um, for a long time, I freaked out because I'm like, what is somebody going to do? I, I will say this. I, I met my partner, uh, John Carlos. I met him at Club Q eight months ago. Oh. And he has been the, yeah, he has been the person that has helped me accept myself. Um, he's all, he's just loud and tough. He doesn't care. He came from, you know, a very strict, almost cult-like religion. Uh, uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses, I'll just say it. Um, and he was shunned by his immediate family, all the peers that he knew. Um, and ever since then, he's just been loud and proud and, and just lived, you know, he lived it, and he's helped me accept that, too. Uh, but before him, yeah, holding hands with any of my previous partners, going out in public, I was afraid to wear rainbows. It took me a long time. It took me until John Carlos, literally, and going to Club Q and, and, you know, finding that extended family there for me to become comfortable. And, and then, of course, getting shoved. Oh, good. No, please, continue. I was just going to say, and then, of course, getting shot at this point, I'm like, you know what? What else can you do? So <laughs> that was super loud and proud for sure. But, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, what a, what, a, what, a hor- what a horrifying thing to even contemplate. But right. I, I, don't, I, don't see, I don't see how you come out of it with, any, with an attitude that's any, any other potentially different attitude, I guess is what I'm saying. So, yeah. I mean, do you... Um, do you, so you know you're you're smack dab in the middle of DGAF right now as far and uh, are are you since November nineteenth and twentieth is there any yeah. kind of an attitudinal change uh, in the springs do people realize how well how how awful other because you know this wasn't just one guy I mean yes he was one guy acting alone but there were a right. lot but there were a lot of people. Because we know that the Springs is just up to its eyeballs in religious fundamentalism, what I call evangelicals. Right. Um, is 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 there is there any kind of growing awareness of how all of this hate sort of multiplies or exponentially grows and makes the Andrew Aldriches of the world possible? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that's the reason I went to D.C. first and foremost, right? Because we've seen a lot of hate rhetoric, a lot of hate just being shown in media, from religious leaders, uh, from politicians. Um, and the reason I went to D.C. is to discuss that, right? I gave my statement, um, which can be seen, you know, for the congressional committee. Uh, about hate rhetoric and how that directly affects the LGBTQ plus right community. And, um, you know, it's, it's this hate rhetoric that has, uh, that I, I think has spurred on these attacks like at Club Q, right? Um, now that being said, you asked if I've seen a change in Colorado Springs and I think I have. 
Uh, we, you know, we posted this photo that I think has gone viral at this point uh, of, you know, us three at the club an hour before the shooting happened, right? And um, it, it, when we got, like, when people started learning about this event, when we got into the hospital, uh, we started just getting comments from all over the world, Canada, France, the UK, Australia, um, just giving us their well wishes, giving us love and support. And then, of course, Colorado Springs, you know, the community there jumped into it. And um, what I have seen is just like this has become, people have become aware of it. And this has become an event for Colorado Springs. Um we uh, we have seen a ton more, um, you know, pride flags and 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 uh, pride events come out of this. In fact, uh, you know, um, a small shop here called Ladyfingers, which um, very much into the LGBTQ uh, scene, they they said let's paint Colorado Springs rainbow, and so many shops, so many houses have just put up pride flags. And it doesn't even have to be June, right? So, um, you know, I have seen that kind of community, that kind of support come from uh, this town that, you know, we we consider conservative. Uh, so it, it's it's kind of a beautiful thing in its own way. I can certainly understand that. And I, I want to loop back now because um, yeah, it, when, when we started, I just wanted to lay the groundwork of who you are and your life sure. there and but in point of fact because you were there on the night of the attack uh you did recently travel and and i ran uh i ran some of the audio from that congressional hearing You're um yeah. you, you you testified there before congress before a congressional committee uh could you could you tell us how that process worked out how you came to be invited to come and testify and what and, and what that experience did for you or to you or yeah 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 uh, yeah i can definitely i would uh, talk about that here a little bit um so you know i do contribute a lot of uh you know what i've been able to say and me sharing my voice to one my older brother, he, you know, went into the background scene day one right after, you know, we were hit to help us, you know, share our voice, help us with a GoFundMe, all kinds of things to make sure that we were taken care of, right? Um, and during that time, he got in contact with GLAD. Um, and one of GLAD's spokesmen, Rich, uh, reached out to us and was helping us first circumnavigate the media and make sure that we're talking to sources that are legit and um, that are going to share our story properly. And then two, you know, I put in contact with um, Sarah Kate Ellis, you know, the uh, essentially the uh, CEO glad, right. Um, and uh, from there, we, you know, I was sharing my voice. My sister wasn't quite ready. John Carlos wasn't quite ready. Um, but I was like, no, this is my, my now, my new train of thought is to be an advocate. I don't want this to happen to anybody else. Um, so all of that happened. Uh, and once I shared my story with these news outlets, um, Rich reached out and he's like, we would love to have you, uh, come to DC. And they are, you know, before the uh, house switches and uh, before the um, everything changes, 
they are having a hearing regarding the hate rhetoric towards LGBTQ plus people. And we would love for you to be one of the voices to speak at that committee. And I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> so, um, you know, they had me prepare a five minute speech and I'm like, and I was sitting there for three hours, you know, a couple of nights before we left to DC, um, sitting there for three hours, just trying to figure out the best way to phrase everything and to get it in five minutes. And I just kept telling myself, we have five minutes to change the world. How do we do that? Right. So, That's beautiful. um, yeah, so uh, I my speech ended up my original speech ended up being like thirteen minutes just because I had so much to say. Um, but you know, Rich and and glad they helped me narrow that down to five minutes, uh, and that is the speech that you you hear at the congressional meeting. So uh, do you? Uh, I know I know at that hearing and afterward, the Republicans complained that uh, it was. Because it's always about them, James. You know, they're they're, they're the ones with the tender right, and delicate always. feelings. You know, uh, you'd almost have, you'd almost uh-huh. have thought that somebody went shooting at them. And of course, that's not the case. Right. But of course, they were there in front of the microphones talking about how Democrats use this to make make it look like it was a Republican problem. But the fact of the matter is, tell me if I'm wrong. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the hate that comes out, if not a hundred percent of the hate that comes out toward. The various uh, the ver- the various initials in the LGBTQQQIA plus community comes from people who identify as conservative or identify as Republicans or identify as Trump supporters. Am I wrong? I would agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, that's where I've seen all of that hate rhetoric. Um, you know, I I try to avoid <laughs> a lot of news outlets because of it, right? Um, but now I I don't think that I can do that. Um, you know, I see how important it is to use our words responsibly, like I said in in my statement. And, you know, our our the people we elect to office, the people that are supposed to represent us, are not doing that. I do not see them using their words consciously. I don't see them using their words for good. I see them using it to spur hate. And now, you know, just seeing in the news what happened in Ohio, for instance, where a whole bunch of Proud Boys and, and essentially what I would call Nazis coming out and, and canceling a drag reading to kids all because of this hate. I, I think they're directly correlated. I think, I think you are, too. Uh, I mean, I think they are, too. And I think you are correct. Yeah. And with that, with that having been said... Um, do you, uh, within the conversations you have had with, say, those who traveled to D.C. with you, uh, have yeah. you have you talked about any solutions? So you know that's the difficult part. I would I would say that the my for me it starts with the hate rhetoric, right? It starts with being more conscious of how you talk about a subject, being more conscious of the people you're talking about, and maybe getting to know the people that you're talking about before you just spew hate, right? Um, Because all hate does is lead to more hate. Um, So uh, that being said, uh, you know, there are other 
I think other steps that want to be taken, and these are, are being addressed more so by the people I went with um, regarding, you know, gun reform and, and or gun law reform and all of that. Um, and, you know, those are things I think we need to look into. But uh, first and foremost, we had five minutes. <laughs> discuss what we yeah, could exactly. uh, and directly yeah uh directly hated uh, related to hate speech right um and i think that's where it has to start right we have to we have to call out these these, these people that are supposed to represent us and show them hey look we're people too and you're not representing us properly you are in fact sweeping us under the rugs or worse demonizing dehumanizing and essentially making us targets i think you're right so when we when we talk along these lines it's easy to point at the republicans you know the marjorie taylor greens and god knows closer to home for you james you know lauren bobblehead boober we call her clanny Uh, we we call her clanny oakley um yeah (laughs) it's easy it's easy to point in and see that but on the other you know on the on the other side of the aisle do, do, do you think we need more um more profound more proactive advocacy uh, I, I think we could always use more profound and more proactive advocacy. I, I always think that, you know, everyone, um, I, I, I want everyone to be able to be loud and proud and however that shows and then just show that we're people, show that we live the same lives as everyone else, um, just with different experiences. And I, and I want, uh, I, I do think that advocacy is important, and I do think that we should have, you know, more advocacy. But that's something that's, that's difficult to to you know get people on board with. I think right now, especially um, just because of the fear that's going on. Um, the this was a direct attack; it was a hate crime, and I think there's a lot of people now out there that are are afraid to use their voice. I, I would not be surprised if that is in fact the case. I have to tell you on a on 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 a on a strictly superficial label uh, uh, level, James. Yeah, I love the necktie you wore to the hearing. I think that's just beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, did you did you actually get to meet with member the the, the members of Congress, uh, some of them on the committee, uh, either before I or did. after I the hearing? Got- I did. So not. Uh, I got to meet with a few people that were speaking. Um, I mean, a very brief, like meeting with uh, Chairman Maloney, uh, Chairwoman Maloney, um, and then of course uh, Matthew, the owner of Club Q. We actually, while we were still in that building, we actually went up to Congressman uh, Lamberton's office, Doug Lamberton, our congressman. Um, and he essentially, uh, you know, just asked why he hadn't reached out to us yet because he was literally the only person that hadn't. Um, and so, you know, we, we reached out and we, you know, gave that, uh, that proverbial white dove, I suppose. Um, and what ended up happening actually as of two days ago is he stopped by the Club Q Memorial. I got to meet him. Um, we got to go inside the club and, you know, just kind of discuss our stories with him. And I think, you know, instead of trying to attack, uh, you know, being angry with 
um, you know, people that aren't hearing us, maybe we should extend to those bridges, show them again that we are people, we're not animals. Um, and I think that small little ripple, we, you know, that was created on, on Monday for us to meet Lamborn and go to the memorial and whatnot. I have a feeling that that's going to become a bigger wave and become more important as we continue, uh, you know, to try and fight for our own rights. Did he seem? Did he seem moved? I mean, I realize that's an entirely subjective question, but did he? That, yeah. Um, I know that you know there were there, there politicians, right? Let me, let me first sure. say that um, politicians. It's hard to kind of gauge where they're at. A lot of the times, they're stone faced. Um, I want to think that he saw the horror in what happened, you know, being in the building where it happened and seeing the bullet holes and, you know, and whatnot. But, um, it's, it's hard to say. I I know that some people I think didn't feel like he might have been, uh, just because there was a very stoic, unchanging face (laughs) that we, that we saw. Um, one of his representatives that was there with him, she seemed pretty moved. She, she, showed more emotion. Um, so, you know, if we can reach at least one person, that's important to me. Oh, I, I think I, I'm entirely in agreement with you, James. And, you know, when we, when we look at it, and it was, of course, it wasn't what, and it wasn't all of what anybody wanted, but they managed to get the Respect yeah. for Marriage Act through. And there were a few, yeah. not nearly enough, but a few Republicans who crossed the aisle to say, yep, I agree, this needs to happen. And there were Republicans who yeah. voted for it in the Senate as well. And maybe maybe yeah. that's like what you've alluded to, that, that more people are, no, are, are finding out that members of the community are members of their community. Yeah. And yeah, that, I, would, I would agree. I, yeah. No, please, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that I, I agree. I think... Uh, I think as terrible, you know, this event is awful. It shouldn't just have to happen. But I think it opened some people's eyes to what we face on a daily basis. Um, I can can certainly identify. That word word is so loaded Mm -hmm. these days. I can identify with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And without, I, I, I want to be so careful here because I don't want to be triggering and I don't want to ask you to talk about anything you don't want to talk about but among 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 the survivors how are Mm -hmm. to the extent that you know I mean you're a survivor your sister Mm -hmm. partner uh, how are y'all doing Mm -hmm. Uh, so you know it's uh, there we, we each have our days right so um my sister, she's been, uh, she's been, she, she's been really strong. She got hit one of, as one of the worst, right? Um, and as far as I can tell, she's, she's been pretty strong, but she told me, she's like, I have my days. There are days where I just look at the scars on myself. I, you know, look, I just think about how long this process is going to take to heal and I cry. And I'm like, I completely understand. I, I've been there and, you know, um, I, I, I do what I can to share my voice, but I have those days too. 
Um, and John Carlos was, you know, brought to tears being in the club, uh, you know, seeing that Lamborn didn't really react much. Um, so, you know, we're, we all do what we can to stay, stay strong for the community, but there are days where it's okay to not be okay. Sure, you have to, you don't get much choice in, in, in owning the alteration because that's what, you, you know, your fundamental, your fundamental reality has been altered. And, I, right. you know, and, and I, I hope that everybody who wants it and certainly needs it is getting, you know, the counseling, the therapy help that they need. Yeah. Is, 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 that kind of, is that kind of outreach ongoing in the community? Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, in D.C., we went, to, just to talk about mental health here, uh, D.C., we went to um, a gay bar. And instead of being able to enjoy myself, for instance, I had, you know, minor PTSD where I was just looking at the exits, finding places where I might be able to hide because I was just, just felt unsafe. Um, so what, what I've done is I've reached out to uh, a few different places and there are several therapists here um, in the Springs that are offering, you know, free therapy, free group sessions, uh, all kinds of help or uh, anything that, you know, may cause these uh, these moments. Um, so there's definitely that community there as well, that support. I'm glad to know it. Um, if it now, uh, I'm, again, trying to, trying to uh, step lightly. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the trans woman who helped subdue the killer, mm-hmm. uh, the attacker, um, have you heard? Is it? How, have you heard anything? How's she doing? I mean, I just asked because you know she's a sister. Um, yeah, yeah. I honestly, we haven't heard much about her. She's, uh, you know, I've heard that of uh, what she did, and you know, I even met uh, Rich Fierro yesterday uh, for the first time. Now she was obviously there, but we hadn't actually gotten a chance to speak until just now. Um, but you know, I haven't, I haven't honestly heard much about her. I don't, uh, you know, even even the club Q owners like, yes, there was somebody that did that, but that's all I can say. And you know, so it's 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 hard to even find the people that were there that night, the survivors. I've only honestly met like maybe four or five of them out of the eighteen that were injured. So, um, yeah, it's 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 hard to. To, to you know, get a hold of these people, know where they're at. Uh, some of them don't even want to be reached out to. So, you know, it's I haven't really sure. heard much about her, but I would love to meet her. I'd love to give her a hug. <laughs> so. I understand because it was it, that was it was one of those things. There was such a there, there was such chaos of information and bad information that came out from yeah. it. At first, she was identified. Oh, yeah. At first, she was identified as a drag queen. And right. then they said no, uh, and, and somebody who actually knew said no, 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 that's a trans woman, and yep, and and so I just and when if you could just help us understand a little bit, just because you know things that sure. we don't know, uh, sure, it was it, it was pretty much just an ordinary night, wasn't it? I mean, it, yeah, the Trans Day of yeah. Remembrance was coming up the next day. But there was a birthday party or something going on. I mean, and I guess I'm asking so, about the community there. I mean, yeah. everybody, it's a big city. Everybody doesn't know everybody, right? 
Yeah. Um, so the community at Club Q, um, they regulars. There were all these regulars, and uh, John Carlos and I were regulars, and of course there were you know, a, a couple of other folks that we would see. And then the, the bartenders, uh, Derek, for instance, he had worked there for years and years. Um, and he, he was always just a, a really nice guy. And uh, we had gotten to know Daniel over, you know, going to karaoke nights and, and drag shows. But uh, the 19th was a drag show. And it was one of the drag queen's birthdays, actually. Um, and, uh, you know, she was, doing they were just putting on performances there uh and people were loving it <laughs> it was just a just a good time it was it was a fun time um and the drag show ended you know around 10 10 30 uh and so we, we were just kind of hanging out young carlos and i did a little bit of dancing um which is not something i typically do i'm not much of a dancer uh but you know it was reaching midnight and him and i were uh, about to leave when when that shooter came in. So, well, and and let, let me let me let me ask this. Uh, yeah. So, so 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 you've mentioned you know how you are. Uh, how is how's John mm-hmm. Carlos? John Carlos is uh, he's doing pretty well. He got raised in the leg, um, so. Essentially, out of all the people who were hurt, uh, him and I actually had it the least worst. Uh, and then my sister had it the worst. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, he, he's, he's, he's a pretty strong person too. And, is your, is your, um, sis- is you your know, sister on the mend? Yes. Uh, she, she got home from the hospital last week. Um, so she was there for, you know, almost a month during that whole, yeah. Um, but she got hit, uh, she got hit, uh, five times is Jesus. what they're thinking by five bullets, oh but there's, yeah, but there's, there's like 13 holes that they counted in her at least. Um, so yeah, she, she had it pretty bad. They, uh, I didn't know what had happened to her cause she didn't take into the same hospital as me. Um, she was taken somewhere. I were taken to another hospital, uh, and I, there were six surgeons in the ER that night. Three of them were working on her, and it took them eight hours just to stabilize her. Oh, my God. So it was a touch and go for a while. I, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I applaud you, and I lift you up because of, of, of your yeah. ability to even talk about this, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful mm-hmm. that you do. Um you know, you mentioned there was a drag show there that night. Do you think, yeah. uh, you know, when you when you look at the totality of the circumstances and you look at the, uh, uh, say, the attack on the power grid in Moore County, North Carolina, and you look yeah. at the, and it, it, is this, do you, do you think he finally acted the way he did because there was a drag show? Is that, do, you, do you think, you think he was pushed over the edge, uh, uh, and Andrew Aldrich? Yeah, it's hard to say what his motives were. Um, my sister, she was under the impression that, I mean, you, you saw the interview with his dad. His dad was oh, like, at least he's not yes. gay, right? Right. Right, and that's a horrible thing to say, right? Um, so my sister is convinced that he might actually be gay, and he was so repressed that he took it out on, on 
you know, the people at Club Q. Um, we, it, it, it's hard to say what his motives were. Um, I don't know much about him, honestly. Uh, I just know that he, I think he might have intended to be taken out that night. Um, but, or, you know, killed that, that night. But I think, you know, that the, the two, the three folks that stopped him, you know, uh, stopped that from coming to reality. So, and, you know, thank God they did. But it, it's, it's so hard to say what, uh, you know, why he chose Club Key, why he chose that night. Um, I do know it's a hate crime. There, there's no other, he could have shot up any part, you know? So, I, it's obviously a hate crime, but why he did it, I, I have no idea. Well, I would like to run one thing past you, if that's okay. And, sure. And that is, sure. even at the distance from which I follow this, um, I'm, yeah. in, I'm in West Virginia. It's a long way from Colorado right. Springs. Uh, right. <laughs> I've, 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 I've tried to read everything that comes out about it because it's so, yeah. um, it's so profound. When the new when mm-hmm. the news came out, James, that mm-hmm. this guy had so many red flags just flapping in the breeze, yeah, and yep. and the fact that the sheriff of El Paso County had declared that he was not going to enforce the laws of the state of Colorado with regard to red yep. flags, and that Colorado Springs and El Paso County would be a Second yep. Amendment sanctuary city. Is is there is there any is there any talk about there being any kind of consequences for that behavior? Is any have you, is, you is know, there anybody talking about suing the sheriff because frankly he should be sued until he doesn't own a pair of socks? That's my I, you know I could talk to my <laughs> I, I agree with you. My brother is Mark, the one that was doing everything in the background. He is well aware of. Uh, of all of this. And, you know, part of the reason my statement, you, you heard the anger in my voice, just to go back to DC for a second, is because we had uh, the committee member, the Republican committee member stating, he gave his statement and he said that, you know, this is just a rise in crime, especially in democratic cities. And, and it's not a hate crime. And, you know, he was trying to sweep our identity under the rug. And the fact that we deal with this on a daily basis right. under the rug, um, News for him, first and foremost, Colorado Springs is not a democratic city. I'll tell him that right now. <laughs> and second, Mark, you know, and us, we, we went and looked at that, and we are, yeah, that red flag, flag law taken away by Republicans. The fact that this guy got his record sealed, Republicans. I mean, like, there, this was all something that should have been red flagged over a year ago. Him with a bomb threat, you know, the judge saying this guy is going to cause more harm. All of that should have been a red flag. And, you know, it wouldn't be, uh, honestly, I don't want to speak to it, but you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea if somebody did sue him, right? Well, what, dri- um, what, dri- what, that is, what drives me bananas, James, yeah. is that this, you know, when you're, when you're the sheriff of a county, most people... You know, most people, yep. do, you know, you maybe if you're lucky, you get a little bit of civics in high school. But most people mm-hmm. don't understand the way counties are organized in this in, in this country. It's usually mm-hmm. worse in the south than it is in the coastal states. But, you know, the western right. states have their pro- 
the, the, the most powerful person in a county is not the county commissioner, is not the county right. clerk. The most powerful person in a county is not the circuit judge. The most powerful person in any by on average, the most powerful person in any county in the United States is what we refer to in West Virginia as the high sheriff. Right. And yep. when someone, because, I mean, I don't know the laws of the state of Colorado, but I would be willing to bet sure. that when the sheriff of El Paso County stuck his, stuck his right hand in the air and took the oath, he swore to uphold the laws not only of, of, of El Paso yeah. County, but of Colorado as a state and of the United States of America. And when Colorado right. passed a red flag law and said, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to do this to try to, because, you know, Colorado has become a name for being talked about in terms of mass shootings, whether it's Columbine or Aurora, yeah. it, what have you. Um well, the the red flag law was passed by the Colorado legislature as a response to all of that and as an attempt to try to mitigate and reduce the number of these occurrences. It is the law of right. the state of Colorado, and no sheriff, no county commissioner, no chief of police mm-hmm. has the ability to abrogate an act of the legislature of the state and say, I will enforce the laws that I deem fit to enforce. He does not have that power. He is in open and obvious violation of his oath of office, and he should be removed. Sorry, preaching. But, I mean, that's what no, I don't, I I don't, under, I don't <laughs> understand why he's still in office. I don't understand why the Colorado you know, Attorney General hasn't taken action against him. I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm, I sound like I'm preaching or shrieking or screeching, and I'm not certain. I'm certainly not doing it at you, but it just oh, it makes me want to eat dirt no, and run rabbits. I and I think I think there are uh, several people, myself included, that feel the exact same way uh, because this was something that could have been prevented and wasn't. Five people lost their lives, two of which I knew really well, and so. You know, to, I, I I hope I it's it's Colorado is, is just it's backwards. I don't understand it either. So um, I'm hoping that as we move forward with more elections, we start to see that change. Um, I mean, it's, it's and a, it's I'm a, hoping that this is something that gets taken into consideration. In the and I don't know when your sheriff runs again, but I hope Indeed. I hope somebody with a, with yeah. a conscience is planning on running against him, because the fact you know the the, the, the moment the moment when you and I'm an activist, we won't go into all of that uh, on another topic. But mm-hmm. when you when you have that existential moment when you look up and say, "My God." The chief law enforcement officer, the most powerful man in my county, cares more about guns than gay people. Yep. yep. That's a that's a moment. They, yep. Because he does. And, He's proven it. Yep. Yep. And uh, it's. I mean, that's the fear that we have to live with. But at this point, like, we can't live in fear anymore. We need, you know, everyone's voice. Like the question you asked me earlier, do we need more uh, more activists? And I say yes, we need more people uh, in and around the LGBTQ plus community to share their voice. And that's that's why I decided to start sharing mine. I was thrust into the role of advocate, and I'm going to embrace it. I'm so glad and so proud that you did, uh, because 
you know, one of the things that I think people need to understand, and I was fortunate, you know, I've just been out for a little over two, over two years as a trans woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I when I realized that, I realized I had no choice. My mm-hmm. my my very my very life here, because there aren't a lot of people like me in my county or my general area. Right. Um, it, I, I have no choice. I, I I have to advocate. I I, right. I and and just you know just by living my life, I'm advocating, and and I think it goes for the entirety right. of the LGBTQ plus community, just by living. By insisting on the right to be alive, it is is sadly enough in in the waning days of 2022 a radical act in a, in, in far too many parts of the United States of America. I agree. Yeah. And well, I'm I'm so sorry you had to go through what you went through, and I hope I hope yeah, I, I hope that. everyone who was touched by it is able to recover to the best of their abilities. I should let you know, uh, you got a little piece of email here, and the subject line merely says, James! And it came from somebody you know who, who, who reminds you and reminds us, I don't give my name on the show, but Auntie loves you, baby. Right. See you on Sunday, darling. I got a present for you and John Carlos and a heart emoji. So, Aww. and uh, and 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 Lady B, late Lady B. That's how uh-huh. we know her here. Uh, Lady B put you in contact with me, and so I owe her a debt of gratitude, mm-hmm. and I owe an even bigger debt of gratitude to you for being willing to come and talk about it. I thank you so much. I hope you know what, I, James. I hope this is not our last conversation. I, I hope agreed. you agreed. I I agree. I hope you can call back in and say, "Yeah, we are uh, we're going hammer and tongs, and we're not going to let people forget that how this happened yeah. or who this happened to." Yeah, and we are and 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 we are and we are going to do everything in our power to make sure it never happens again. Yeah, yeah because this and that's that's exactly my message. You've been through a never again moment, and I don't think it will ever stop yeah. being a never again moment for you. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I certainly appreciate you for allowing me to come onto your show. And, and just what you're doing is, is powerful as well. If we can reach anyone who may not agree with us and change them, even if it's just one person, that's a change, and that's important. So thank you so much for allowing me to, to come onto your show. Oh, James, it was absolutely a pleasure, and I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so very much, and I wish you the happiest of holiday seasons. My best to you and John Carlos and your oh. sister. And, 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 and to the entire community out there in Colorado Springs, there's, there's, a little, there's a little hillbilly unicorn out here that just wants the very best for all of you. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, and I hope you're the, the best as well, and, uh, you know, happy holidays as well. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Um, that was James Slaw, and James was very generous with his time and with his spirit. I don't know if I have if I had been through what James has been through, I don't know if I could talk about it to this day. But what courage, what bravery, what determination. And so what I'm going to do now, uh, James talked about all the things he wanted to say and trying to cram it into 5 minutes in front of a congressional committee. It is not easy. I've been I've been among groups of people trying to craft five-minute speeches in front of committees and 
you know, you, you wind up with something that's more like war and peace than a five-minute statement, and then you've got to start the distillation work. We're going to take a minute, uh, five of them to be precise, and just check out James's testimony before the House Oversight Committee um, just a, a week or so ago. Thank you. My name is James Slaw, and I want to thank the House Oversight Committee and Chairwoman Carolyn Maloney for allowing me to share my story today. I want to start with my coming out story, as it involves my family, their support, and in the beginning, homophobia. My sister Charlene actually helped pave the way for me to come out, for me to feel safe. Uh, she was forced out of the closet by our mother and ultimately forced out of the house. Um, when she was, our household went through a transformation. In the end, after a long process of learning and understanding, our mother chose her children and accepted who we are. It was this road that allowed me to feel safe enough at 24 years old to say, hey mom, I like guys, in a conversation. She recently passed away, but before she died, for the past 15 years, she became an advocate for our community. She chose love, and love will win in the end. Um, and this goes especially in her religious circles who dehumanized us. The events of November 19th were a nightmare come true, and one of my biggest fears. Right before midnight on the eve of the Transgender Day of Remembrance, my boyfriend John Carlos and I were about to leave Club Q when a shooter walked in. Several pops rang out, and I immediately felt a searing pain in my arm. I fell over on the ground knowing I had been shot in my right arm. It wasn't working, but I was able to call 911. I saw everyone on the ground, glass panes shattered, and blood running from my arm and chest where shrapnel had come through. John Carlos was next to me, shot in the leg, but thankfully alive. To my horror, my sister, Charlene, was bleeding out. She had been shot over five times. My heart rended as uh, she tried to dial 911 with her good arm outstretched. I called out to her, and I heard no response. I don't want to imagine what may happen had the shooter not been taken down that night. Five wonderful people were still murdered, and may we never forget their names. Ashley Paw, Raymond Green Vance, Daniel Aston, Derek Rump, and Kelly Loving. We miss each of you. Club Q was a second home and safe space, not just for me, but for all of us. Outside of these spaces, we are continually being dehumanized, marginalized, and targeted. The fear-based and hateful rhetoric surrounding the LGBTQ community, especially around trans individuals and drag performers, leads to violence. It incites violence. We shouldn't have to fear being shot when we go to our safe spaces, or anywhere for that matter. It was only after this violation of our safe space that I came to realize, though, we have a lot more love in this world. Before sunrise, we were already receiving messages from all over the world with affirmations of love. People who have, we have never met giving us their best wishes. A family friend immediately started a GoFundMe, and we've experienced a ton of support.
When I left the hospital, I was brought to tears just by the memorial that had been created in front of the club, in front of my safe space. I, would, I want to thank the Colorado Victims Advocates who have been instrumental in our recovery and helping with funds, and of course the staff at GLAD who have simply been amazing in helping me use my voice. Hate rhetoric from politicians, religious leaders, and media outlets is at the root of the attacks like at Club Cute, and it needs to stop now. Rhetoric that makes people less than for being different. Rhetoric that threatens to silence what sports we can play, what bathrooms we can use, how we define our family, and who I can marry. Every American, every American, especially those elected to positions of power, has a responsibility and a choice to use their words consciously. Hate starts with speech. The hateful rhetoric you've heard from elected leaders in the, is the direct cause of the horrific shooting at Club Q. We need elected leaders to demonstrate language that reflects love and understanding, not hate and fear. I urge LGBTQ plus Americans and allies to join together today as, our, as one community. Hateful people want to drive us back into closets and to live our lives in fear, but we cannot be afraid. No bullets will stop us from being proud of who we are or will injure the support and love that exists in our community. Thank you. Wow. James certainly made the best of his five minutes. Um, I'm, I'm a little flummoxed. I'm a little speechless. Um, I don't often get an opportunity to deal with topics of such profundity. But I hope I hope James's recorded words as well as his words that he shared on this program will make will make abundantly clear what this existential struggle is. And I understand James's desire to see the best in people. But the bottom line is there are a lot of people in this country who are making a fortune off of hating LGBT, uh, the LGBTQ community. That's specifically why I played that clip from that freak, uh, uh, the uh, Jonathan Shilly down in Arlington, Texas. He's, well, hating us is good business for him. Um, speaking with Jonathan Schilly, uh, Stephen New York said, the perversion of this guy is breathtaking. Note that he doesn't quote Jesus' condemnation of divorce. This guy has gay sex on the mind and knows way too much about it. I guarantee this guy also has the pedophilia skeleton hanging in his closet. I would not leave a child anywhere. I wouldn't leave a child in the same damned area code with either Greg Lockie or Jonathan Shelley or 99% of these evangelical hate preachers. And I don't care what variety they are, Roman, Catholic, Southern, Baptist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, I don't give a damn. Because they're the problem. They're the biggest part of the problem. But thank you, thank you, uh, thank you, James Slaw, for your time, for your passion.
for your advocacy, for your courage. Although I'm, I'm guessing you're probably sick, sick, sick of being told how courageous you were. <sighs> Thank you. And uh, well, uh, just just so um, just so everybody knows. We are down to only $400 to go to come up even with fundraising here midweek in the week before Christmas in this mad rush to keep the lights on. Thank you to everybody. Thank you so much, Mark, in Brooklyn. Uh, and thank you to Kat, and thank you to everyone who has responded. Thank you, Ralphs. Um, thank you so very much. Actually, it's 390 which is huge thank you uh let's run over let's run over to the uh skype line i think scott uh, is patiently waiting hey scott how are you hello robin i uh you know it's weird i remember seeing him james give his testimony before the congressional committee and how could i possibly know that he would show up Visiting with the Horn family. That is entire. That is entirely thanks to Lady B. Well, I was going to say hats off and the tip of the old rabbit ears to the to uh, Lady B for making that possible. It he it, it blew me away to listen to him tell in his own words from his own mouth about his own experience and the hate and horror that was visited upon he and his friends and his Q family. There, it just. I, and I do me a personal favor, if you would. I knew that he was only going to be there a limited time. But if you could forward that email that I sent to him or to you for him, uh, I just always like to give an encouraging word, sort of an amen corner thing, when I hear people who are, who are, who are standing up and doing the right thing in a world where so many numbskulls choose the wrong thing more often than not. So hats off to him and to you. No, not, no, there's, there, there's no hats off to me. That's This is entirely James's uh, accolades. And, well, I, and, and, and you, and I, you and I both know that given a choice, he would much rather not have this be part of his life. But I think one of the, I think the, uh, the most important part is that when something like this has touched one, if one has the ability to be able to go out and try to take something that awful and see some shred of goodness, kindness, and decency come from it. Yeah. And I'm at risk of being Pollyanna-ish about this, I suppose, but there's so much there's so much work to do in the wake and, 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 and you know the the fact that this is you know that and I think of, I think of James in the same light that I think of the parents from Sandy Hook or from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, who should have time to sort of process the, the, such unspeakable horrors that are visited upon our communities, and are visited upon our communities by the deliberate indifference of a vast swath of the American people. The fact, the fact that they have to go out and they have to found things like Moms Demand Action for, on gun violence or Sandy Hook Promise or what will, ob, what will obviously arise out of Club Q, what arose out of Pulse. What a, what a thing it is that we expect of the people whose lives 
are laid upon an altar of that indifference I mentioned a moment ago? Well, it, it, not really a question, but I mean, it just kind of had no, to. No, I, but isn't it sort of like the, the notion that the life a lot of times can be enough of a struggle and enough of a challenge without people deliberately going out of their way or maybe staying within their way to, to throw stones and obstacles and horseshit, you know, in our pathway. But there is hope. That's the thing that I wanted to say. You, you and I, I don't know if James is listening. I hope he is. There's, there's a quote that I included in my email to him. At the moment of commitment, the entire universe conspires to assist you. And that's a powerful force to have on one side when one is working on behalf of the good and welfare and, and, and receipt of justice by people who are put upon by, again, numbskulls. And I, as, as, as you were talking with him, I, I thought back, if I, let me give a phrase out of uh, the world of commercials and see if, it, if you know what the association is. Come to the Florida sunshine tree. Do you know what that refers to, that little slogan? Is that for Florida orange juice? Yes, it is. So you may know already where I'm going. Back in 77, I think it was, a singer of some repute, and I think a former Miss America contestant, Anita Bryant, was in the news for trying to keep perfectly qualified uh, decent school teachers from teaching in, I believe it was Dade County, Florida. Do you, do you remember that? I'm sure the Horn family. Oh, family. yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, she came to Washington around February of, like I say, I don't know the year, 77 or 78. And we decided to have a little, uh, pay her a little visit. So several hundred of us, some from uh, Metropolitan Community Church, some from other organizations, all decided, uh, started down a DuPont circle in the snow, mind you. I mean, there was a foot and a half of snow on the ground, marching from DuPont circle, I believe it was, to uh, the Washington Hilton Hotel, where she was appearing uh, as part of the, quote, entertainment for the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, which is a, a, a yearly thing every, every February. And she didn't see us. She didn't address us. I'm sure she didn't like us and would never acknowledge us. But we were there to bear witness that where she was coming from was absolutely wrong and unloving and uncaring and even hateful on some level. Now, that was in 77 or 78. I don't know of a place in the world other than private schools or religious schools where people, no matter who they are or how they are, are kept from doing their job, whether it's as a teacher or whether it's in the military or whether it's whatever. So uh, James is a young man. He has that advantage, okay? So he will live long enough to see the type of change that I'm talking about in that quote, where the universe conspires to assist you. But it, all that occurs at the moment of commitment, and he's a very committed young man. And I... I just couldn't have more admiration and, and love for him and his friends. So I kind of rambled there, but 
I'm sure you're. No, I don't think I don't. I don't think you're rambling at all. You're 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 making perfectly good sense. Well, even under the influence of my painkiller here, but boy. Well, I was waiting. I was waiting for you to get to the pie. The 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 pie. The pie in the. uh, The pie in the face episode. Wait a minute. Oh yeah, I remember that. I forget where that was, but it was. Old Anita got a got a banana. What did she say? Is it banana cream pie in her only comment as well? At least it was a fruit pie. You remember that? Yep, that was the line. <laughs> but I, you know, I I had no idea that you were going to have him on, and I'm so glad you did because, hell, Bob. In comparison, what I was originally going to call about was something that happened at lunch today that reminded me of you and the horn trap. Oh, I said, Bob, I'm not Robin. <laughs> That, I knew you'd catch yourself. Something that uh, you and the Horn family have talked about on several occasions. Now, can you possibly guess what happened at lunch that reminded me of you all? I am honestly afraid to ask because then it will mean that I'm able to actually think uh, think on the same wavelength as you, and, well, and only you can only you that. can be you. You know, <laughs> only Nixon can go to China. Well. The people who don't know the president's not a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Anyway, I, I said, you know. This is I, a radio network filled with people who did cheesy Richard Nixon's ac- Nixon accents. Oh, they don't, oh under- they don't understand, Henry. <laughs> they don't understand if it's the Jews. Do you know, like, at a hospital or a hotel, when they bring you your food, you've got a tray, and different things on the tray. Right. In the center, in the center of the tray is a plate. And on top of a plate is a domed thing, like an insulating, insulated plastic thing. Yeah, it doesn't work. I know. It's just, I to, know. Keep, it's like, just to keep the flies off. Well, I wish you hadn't have said that, because now I'm wondering what goes on in that kitchen. But anyway, I live, it's always a surprise, because they never tell you what's for lunch. So the lunch lady rolls in, and she puts the tray on my table, and I thank her, wish her a good day. And and then set my uh, napkin aside and get my condiments and things aside, little packages of salt and pepper. And I pick up the dome. You know, it's almost like a psychic exercise to figure out what's under the dome today. And sometimes I get it right. The other day I said omelet and sure as hell, or uh, Mexican food and sure as hell it was an ench- chicken enchilada. But anyway, I lift up the dome. Sometimes though, it's the ten of clubs, right? Well. <laughs> I pick up the thing, and it's it's like Salisbury steak with gravy, and a big lump of mashed potatoes with a dent in the middle filled with gravy, and at the twelve o'clock spot on the plate were Brussels sprouts. Now I say that with some degree of hesitation because those Brussels sprouts didn't we talk about Brussels sprouts one day on? Yeah, the we show? did. We did because because yeah. my son does such fantastic Brussels sprouts, right? I I thought I heard it somewhere. So I, I'm looking at these four uh, Brussels sprouts who are cooked to within two clicks of losing their molecular stru- structure. And this is not how you do <laughs> Vegetable okay? structural integrity. Exactly. See, a couple more clicks and they would be off in the universe making up a planet a billion years from now. And they were tasty, which is weird for me because easy to chew, I might add, but they were tasty, which is weird because I don't like Brussels sprouts, but isn't that because I've never had them prepared correctly with love and attention and and expertise? And boiled 
to near non-existence, apparently. Oh, yeah, they were two clicks away from just disintegrating and wafting off into the ether. They could be up there with who knows who. But anyway, I did, when I said that, I said, I must call Robin today and tell the Brussels sprouts story because it, 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 it was a very moving moment, I must say. But anyway, I, I yes, the, the 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 day, the day you made peace with Brussels sprouts. Yeah, it's like they were sweet. Are they supposed to be sweet? Well, if you were if you were in a rehab facility and say, oh, I don't know, <laughs> busted knuckle Alabama, I would in, I would insist that they be sweet. Everything's sweet. The green beans are sweet. The Brussels sprouts are sweet. The potatoes are sweet. The cornbread's sweet. I don't know about San Diego, though. Well, I don't know either. But they were, I'm telling you, these poor things, I almost called the uh, the hospital chaplain to come say a few words and <laughs> send them off to... I don't know if you their, can get here in time, to, but these Brussels sprouts need their last rites. Indeed. Indeed. Now, I know that's quite they, a divergence. They, they, are, they are in extremis. Oh, they were beyond extremis. They were... There was... What what movie or thing was it where there was a little voice coming out of something that help me? Was oh, that that's the fly. Yeah, yeah. These uh, these poor things. I guess if I were quiet, I could listen very carefully and hear them say, "Help me." You could that's have mashed funny. into them with the flat of your fork and picked them up that way. Uh, indeed, indeed. But anyway, with Salisbury steak, Brussels sprouts, formerly the artist, the vegetable formerly known as Brussels sprouts. And mashed potatoes, which were quite good. Hold on. The vegetables formerly known as Brussels sprouts is pretty damn quality. Can you tell I'm wired? I mean, the medicine... It sounds like you're getting all the coffee you could want. Well, no, it's not the coffee. Coffee doesn't hold a candle to oxycodone or whatever the hell this is. But it's taking care of the pain, I'll tell you that. And I did very well in physical therapy today. And, so today uh, it wasn't orange cones or bean bags or it, no. Let's see. Today was was standing up and squatting to the point where my butt nearly touches the surface of the thing that I had been sitting on ten times or fifteen times. And we had the little we had the stick with the the, the five pound stick that is got a piece of lead or something in it. Maybe old Brussels sprouts crammed in there, where you where you start it with both hands on the stick on your knees, and you've got to lift it, and then turn to the left, and then turn to the right, and then go up. And how this is going to help my leg, I don't know. At any point in time, or the was was were the words hokey pokey invoked? No, but I I, I did say when I saw that stick because this is not my first encounter with a stick in physical therapy. When I saw the stick, you know, you come in there and then they put all the gear that they're going to be using on you. I said, ah, there's the stick you're going to be beating me with later on down the line. And the lady laughed and thought that was just a cute thing to say. But anyway, I just and I don't mean to to ramble here, but when you're when you're under the influence of this stuff, anything. And how is this unusual compared to me usually? So there's that. But. Anyway, I, I, I just um, send that email to James and, and, and 
you know, it's, it's heartfelt. Oh, I, I certainly will. I'll, I'll pass. Actually, what I'll do is I'll forward it to Lady B, and Lady B can give it to James. Okay. All right. And uh, I should have put in the heading, not from a Nigerian prince who needs help getting money from there to here. But, yeah, I, th I think I think we'll probably take that as read. But, you know, I still can't get over just what a small world it is. Having seen him on the, the I think it was on Lawrence O'Donnell, he played the entire five minutes. And hearing him on the horn, he was a good guest. Well, I thought I thought so too, and it's nice and, and understand. You know, and this may be even even be pre you, Scott. I used to do a lot of guests, but the yeah, guests that was. but the guests that I would have were transactional in nature. Yeah, I I prefer I prefer conversations that are non transactional. Um. So where you mean they had something to plug? Or yeah, yeah. They had a, oh, yeah. They had, a, okay. had a book to hustle, or a, or, or a website, or a, and and I'm always happy to help and everything. But it, you know, it, nobody's kidding themselves. You, you wouldn't be on here. Um, you know, once upon a time, I asked Tony Bourdain to come on just to come on, and he was like, "Yeah, sure, man." And he didn't have a book to hustle. He was just really yeah, that kind of guy. Uh, and from time to time, I do reach out to people, to, and and when it's non-transactional, it feels like there's a, a, a greater degree of integrity to the conversation, if that makes any sense. And and in many ways, yeah. uh, one of the things that I have tried to accomplish here over the years is the idea of, you know, so, some people might say that, like, you, uh, other people who call the program are quote-unquote regulars, and that's not an insult. I'm an extra large, but yes, I get what you mean. Uh, but the way I always visualized it, well, not it's, it's radio, Robin. Uh, the way I always approached it was that no, these when when we have these long form conversations, and they're available to anybody who wants them. Okay, it's not, and people will say, you know, well, can I call in? Hell, I give out the phone number and the Skype address every freaking night. And if you want to if you want to call in, call in. Yes. Definitely. And so and so consequently, you, uh, Tracy, Lady B, uh, Paul from Parts Unknown, and 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 and, and so uh, Todd, and so many people who make this program special. Uh, but it's 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 not about being a regular or being, or or whether one is a guest. It is about being part of the community. It's a it's it's about engaging in earnest, sincere, and occasionally, at least in your case, you know, insane dialogue. Yes, indeed. I was wondering what word you would come up with to describe my dialogue. Well, you know, I saw the I saw the picture I saw the picture of you with the sausage link and ha, ah, you know, only you know, and I'm sitting there going, well, only Scott. <laughs> Only Scott. Well, I, and I called you know the you know when I got to the end, and then I called the nurse for a light. Went, oh, he's doing it again. <laughs> well, I you know the listeners who never call in or seldom call in, 
need to know that really there's nothing to be afraid of. It's no. Like it's like a party, like a conversational party. And and you bring what, you know how sometimes people bring spinach dip and sometimes they bring nachos. And sometimes oh, I love the spinach dip. And, you know, the, the, the best spinach dip is the spinach dip where somebody has taken the extra step of folding in some chopped water chestnuts. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes, there's something about the crunch and the tang of the dressing and the uh, the, uh, the the spinach itself. Good, fresh, honest-to-God spinach. Not, you know, not, not this canned stuff. You've got to do the fresh deal, as I recall. I've made it for a while. but Oh, yeah, it's like Todd and me talking about putting the, the, the blazing hot fish fillet on the bed of, of spinach and what that... Uh, yeah, magic. But yeah, I mean, people, everybody has something to bring to a party. And when you think of it in a way as a party, although we do talk about serious stuff, it, it loosens you up. It's like you don't, you have nothing to prove. You have no expertise that you need to bring other than to be able to speak and to have something on your mind. I mean, how hard is that? I don't know anybody who doesn't. Yeah, well, but you have to remember that 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 old adage from uh, what was it? Toastmasters. They did a survey once. The second most feared thing among the survey respondents was death. Death was oh, number two. You know what the most feared thing was? Speaking before others. Speaking in public. Yes. Yeah. Well, I. I'm glad that I don't have that problem. I can't think of anybody that I won't talk to in an elevator, and they hate that. You know, you do that to people. Or people on the street, or you see something and you have something, you know, lighthearted to bring to the to the occasion. It's, it's just, well, what did Mark, didn't Mark Twain say there are no strangers, only friends who have never met? That sounds like Twain. Yeah. Uh, that's why, it, uh, even as a kid, I was that way. I, you would have thought, if you had known me when I was a child, you would have said, he's going to grow up to be a frequent caller on the program I don't know yet that I'm going to have. Or words to that effect. So, anyway. I, I just... But, you're, but you, are, you are feeling better? Yeah, that's the other thing. The, the guy that's terribly to... important here, Scott. Oh, yeah, I am feeling... Today, I think I've felt the best that I've felt since this, since I took the fall and was injured. But the guy this morning brought me compression socks. Have you ever had the uh, occasion to wear compression socks? Mm, I've worn compression tights, but not socks, but they're the same principle. Yeah. Well, these things, I, I had never really heard of them. And they're toeless for some reason. Oh, I've seen those, yeah. But I was having a lot of swelling on my lower leg, like, you know, a couple of inches up over the foot. And the feet were swelling. And what they thought was it was had something to do with retention of fluid. And um, that's not good for you. So they bring these socks in, these compression socks. And they're not all that tight. I thought they would be, like, very uncomfortable. But they're quite comfortable, and after he got them on, he put on my... Have you ever seen these hospital socks? Mine are red, but I've seen Oh, yeah, them. with the little grippers on the bottom. I wore them for a week. Yeah, these little doodads, hundreds of them. 
on the top and on the bottom. So you cannot make a mistake when you're putting them on as to which side is up and which side is down. But they are, it's, my feet are nice and toasty and I'm, I'm just couldn't be happier. Rip to the tits, warm feet. My hips getting better. My butt's feeling better. And you're not going to tell me about the ether. The poor bitch can find out about those on her own, right? The ether? The, well, the bats. Yeah, you know, Hunter oh, Thompson. Those, uh, I'm not going to tell her about the bats. Poor bitch can figure out those on her own. <laughs> Soon enough. You're quicker than me, and that scares me because I think I'm losing my grip or my touch. Or no, you're just you're just chilling. Yeah. Well, and as far as getting home, I don't know when that's going to happen. But for some reason, I have a feeling it may be sooner as opposed to later. Because um, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not, I've not felt this, this well and, and flexible. And I mean, I'm getting around better. I, I lifted the stick with the five pounds of uh, chopped liver in it. And it it's just... <laughs> because, of course. Well, you know. But it's uh, and they took me out yesterday. Did you? Did I tell you about? No, that? they took you out. Yeah, in the car, car in the lift car, they took me to. Um, they used. The, did they use the little Edward G. Robinson thing to get? It? No, I, I, I don't get the reference. Yeah, okay, Art Linkletter. Never mind. I, I'm sorry. I, that's I just that's okay. That's that's okay. We were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. Where the hell did they take me? Oh, I know. They took me to a doctor uh, to um, get uh, refills on all of my scripts. So I've got like four scripts. I get a 90-day supply of each with probably five or six refills. So I'm set for, you know, the near foreseeable future. Wowzer. Perhaps, perhaps even the far foreseeable future. But then after, after that... Um, I get down there for that. Oh, she also wanted to do a referral to a neurologist to see what they could do about the nerve situation that's causing the pain on the left side of my upper leg, thigh, and buttock. On well, the left side. Let, me, let me ask. I mean, you know, I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on the radio, but, you know, they've done the CT. They've done the MRI, I guess. Um, I think you said they did both. Um, yeah. Did they did they check to make sure your circulation's a okay, you know, down the femoral arteries? Where's that artery? Cause Those I, are the main I, arteries that run down your legs. Okay. No, is that something I should ask the doctor about? Uh, you know, I'm just I'm just going going by. No, I mean not a doctor, but my my father had horrible horrible pain in his legs, especially upon exertion. And it was because it was impossible for a sufficient amount of oxygen to get down to the muscles uh, further down because they were just all blocked up. Hmm. And that can cause profound pain. Is that F-E-M-O-R-A-L? Femoral? Yeah, F-E-M-O-R-A-L. Okay. Well, I'll ask that when the doctor comes around this evening or tomorrow, I'll, I will remember to ask about that. I mean, it's it's worth a look. Well, I've, hey, listen. When you're in a situation, when you're in a healthcare facility, you want them to cover all bases, you know, or at least I do. I don't. Uh, you you, know, you I don't, don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to get home and turn around and come back. Now, hey, we forgot to do this. 
No, no. And the thing is, this is in the grand scheme of things, medically speaking, this is a rather small thing compared to something that is truly devastating in terms of, of disease or illness or malady or whatever. So in some, in some level, I, on some level, I feel really fortunate. Could have been way more serious. I mean, it was a little more serious because, because of my stupidity and pig-headedness and endless optimism. I should have called the evening it happened instead of waiting like a day and a half. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I get that. And uh, one of the things that they were saying is there was something going on in my kidneys where something that shouldn't be doing it was breaking down and getting into my system, which is probably why they had me on constant IV, you know, saline and something else when I was at the first hospital before they brought me here. To yeah, kind of kind of flushing your kidneys. But, uh, yeah, according to uh, uh, the report from the doctor, that, that cleared itself right up. No thanks to me initially, you know. But uh, let's see, something else I wanted to ask you about. I can't. Remember well, you did. I wanted. I wanted you to know you got a uh, you got a note from Christopher in Oregon, under Scott's dome. Listening to Scott describing what's under the dome brings about vivid flashbacks of racist Mel Gibson and Tina Turner in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. We don't need another Brussels sprout. We don't need to know what's in the Jello. Yeah, I I I never saw uh, Thunder. Thunderdome was it? Yes, Beyond Thunderdome. Oh, Beyond! I never, well, I never, certainly there was a Thunderdome, right? No, I don't think. I thought that would be like a sequel because you got. Well, may, may, maybe it is. I mean, I could be entirely wrong. It's been a long time since I revisited the Mel Gibson oeuvre. Is that something where they're skating, and they're they're? It's like a a, a, a death match in the skating. Uh, no, no, table? no, no, no. That's uh, that's James Con. That's rollerball, honey. Rollerball. Well, geez, where where in the hell am I getting that? Thunderdome. Well, there was a it was a, it was like a big steel cage death match. And who was in this? Tina Turner, Mel Gibson. We don't need. Remember the theme song. We don't need another hero. We don't need another yeah. way home. That was, that was what what Christopher was referencing. So I had, but I, without knowing it, I had a little thunderdome going on, on my plate at lunchtime today. With those poor bedraggled Brussels sprouts. Oh, I'm telling you, they were, they were reminiscent of Brussels sprouts. They were. In, they were they were simula, they were simulacra of Brussels sprouts. They were former Brussels sprouts. They were I don't know, they were just beaten More, to death. Brussels sprouts. Oh no, doggone it, there was somebody on the stress line. Call back. Call back, please. Call back, stress line person. Uh, I, you know, really at this point I don't have much to say other than uh Jotting down titles of movies that I've never seen. This is National Public Radio. Welcome to Brussels Sprout Talk. Yes. Sprout Talk. Hello. You're on Sprout Talk. Ever, but anyway, you ever I'm seen actually, them grow? 
I grew Brussels sprouts one year, and I was like, where's the damn Brussels sprouts? And then I finally looked underneath the stalk, and it's like, there's all these Brussels sprouts. I'm like, son of a bitch, they hide. So they're, they're covered by the leaf? Yeah. And oh, underneath, no. they're just all over the place. And they me. know enough to get out of the heat. Now, I'd never, I'd never grown them before. Are they related to cabbage in any way? They are. They're in the they're in the same family as cabbage and broccoli and cauliflower. Yeah. And they grow above ground. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whoever it was that was calling in Florida, uh, if you uh, is back, uh, is it Florida? Yeah. Okay. It says Florida. Uh, well, we'll we'll bring we'll bring that person on the air if you want to stick around or uh, or do you no, need? No, that's fine. Okay. I'll stand 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 by. Hey, welcome to the program. This is Jerry. What's up, Scott? Scary Jerry. Can you Scott. hear me? Jerry. Jerry, how are you doing, pal? Scott, how the hell are you doing? I heard you on your back last week. My heart was in my throat. Oh, dear. I'm like, no, we can't lose Scott here. This is fucked up. No, I, I, I respect I, the hell out of you, Scott. You. you Good. No, you said believe you. I was listening yeah. to what you were saying. You're like the cool yeah. uncle who got out of jail and opened up. You really are. Like a cool uncle that got Love out of the jail. <laughs> and opened the bar. And opened the bar. Okay. Well, now you're on the right track. I could do that. I get my uh, canister of bark. The man comes down from the bar. He says, sign here. No, I'll tell you, between the last time... And you then, how, me, how, you doing? how you doing today? Well, I was going to say, between the last time you heard me and today, I'm like 88% better. And hopefully... I can hear it. Home. No, I, I heard you. I heard you. And I was like, did I have a heart attack? Because you sounded like shit. You really oh, did, sure. and 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 uh, I I was I was like, oh, this is not good. We're um, you know, uh, I wrote in a couple of days ago, and you said generic family members. What I meant to say is genetic family members. You guys, especially this particular holiday, are more family to me than my actual family family. And um, that's uh, tragic and terrific all at the same time. Well, well I take good. that as a high compliment, Jerry. Yeah, I do too. We've never met. That's the weirdest thing. Yeah. But uh, if anything, if I heard of anything happening, and and, and uh, the guy who just called in to go, and he's in the Horn family now. Of course, we're out there getting shot. That's what we do. Rolling with the punches it? and avoiding the bullets. You broke up there. I'm sorry. Uh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry said that, that James. Jerry said that James, uh, who we talked to earlier, is now a member of the Horn Family Community Congregation. I agree. Oh, in, indeed, indeed. I mean, and I hope you're able to have him on again, Robin, because I mean, remember seeing him on TV and then hearing him today. That's if you you better check your pulse if you were not moved and inspired by and I know he doesn't like people saying it his courage and his determination in the wake of that to stand up and and speak truth to to madness 
There's something to be said for that. I I'm have kidding. I have worked the last decade or so in clubs late night. And the terror of bullets. I mean, that was literally my job. You know, make sure everybody, uh, there were no rapes, no stabbings, no murders, and no bullets. So when I heard about Pulse and when I heard about Q, I went to total P PTSD. I'm a little older for, for the club life. I, I get off on the young people's energy, you know, and the whole idea that everybody gets home safely has always been very important to me. So for somebody to come in and shoot up the place, I could beat that motherfucker to death. And I, and I don't, I, I, there's no hyperbole or exaggeration. You know, but that guy, he said, I don't care if the dude gets killed. I'm like, these are children and brothers and sisters, and you're an evil fuck. You're an evil person even there. Anybody who dies, there's such a hole in everyone's life, you know, that, that never gets filled. And, and when you're out, it's so hard to have fun and just let loose. It really is. No, you know, yeah, because you're busy watching your watching your back and looking over your shoulder, and like, uh, well, like James talked about uh, going to you know going to a bar in D.C. while he was there for the uh, congressional testimony and couldn't enjoy himself because he was just checking the exits, just checking the exits. I mean, hyper aware, hyper aware. Well, so it, it, it's traumatic to hear about a shooting at any club. It's even more traumatic to. And I've stopped shootings. I have. Just, I mean, that was my whole thing. You sit there. Is this person old enough? Is this person going to shoot up the bar? And I've, and I've, uh, I've, I've kicked out more or not allowed people entry because I'm like, no, nah, I don't like his vibe. He's not here to fuck. He's not here to get high. There's something else wrong. Yeah. That was that was my question. Well, I mean, dancing is permissible too, right? Well, uh, crazy. Have a good time. Let you know. Get. Go ahead. Jerry, Jerry and Robin, the crazy thing about this, and this only happened in what, late November? There have been so many of these types yeah, of incidents. There have been so many of these types of incidents. I'm not clear on whether this guy survived. I remember they took him down and beat him, uh, the bartender or somebody. Oh, he's, he's alive. No, uh, Richard Fierro, uh, uh, a retired Army major. Took him down, and then a trans woman came along and helped him, uh, and beat him black and blue, and stomped the hell out of him with her with her with her pumps. Okay, well, see, this is this is the madness and the ironic thing about it. There've been so many of these types of incidents when you can't keep it straight, the locations and the disposition of the people that were there to cause trouble. Well, and it's about to get more confusing. Because we've got it, we've we, we've got another one. A woman with a gun has barricaded herself inside the Martin Luther King Jr. Library on the campus of San Jose State University, and the the university is presently, as of last I checked, in lockdown. The police chief there at the university says that no one has been shot or injured. Jesus, I hate this prepositional phrase. As of yet. Yeah. Well, that's telling. I mean, the fact she's that... She didn't hit anybody. She's going to kill herself. Anyways, this whole 
conversation tonight, the whole flow of the conversation, I've been bugged with this idea for a while. I mean, uh, decades. It's one of these, Noah, you got to go build a boat. I don't know what a boat is. Build a boat. I'll show you. I, I've been thinking about opening uh, uh, a, uh, well, let me uh, shorten it. The church dispensary and, and, and have it be LGBT friends. Uh, friendly, basically a, a Zoom church that meets uh, on occasion that uh, sells a lot of weed and uh, cannabis products and uh, that uh, loves, loves the gay people, wants them to come in and sing and dance. But uh, yeah, you know, um, something totally different than what's out there. That Would it be like a sacrament? Tax exempt, thing, yeah. And it's all tax-free. Yeah, that's the other part. Opening a church is the best hustle in the world. And if you can do uh, those three things that God asked you to do while he left, uh, you'll make the world a better place. You know, take care of the sick, feed the hungry, uh, yeah. visit people in jail. You know, that, that reminds Which me of something does. that I had meant to ask James, and I did not. And that was um, his thoughts on... Uh, the shooter's lawyers declaring that he was non-binary, even though there was no evidence whatsoever to support that fact. And I guess there's been enough pushback now that I'm seeing some news stories about Andrew Aldrich saying, just going back to referring to him as he and him. Because what about George Santos, who has a wife and a girlfriend? <laughs> but is a gay? But is a gay Republican? Oh, yeah. Wow. wow. Is that the guy with the uh, questionable uh, resume? Yeah, the guy that went to the college no, he didn't no, go he has, to. He has an AI resume. He has an uh, uh, artificial intelligence resume. I think I think you can ditch the intelligence part and just say he has an artificial resume. Yeah, put me down for that. I think mean, that's right. And, uh, by the way, uh, Billable Rick with a message for you, Scary Jerry. Uh, to paraphrase Mark Twain, reports of Scotty's early demise are greatly exaggerated. Yeah. Scotty sounds great. Keep up the recovery, brother, says Billable Rick. And uh, by the way, Lady, yeah, and uh, uh, Lady V has recommended a cowbell for uh, for Christopher in Oregon for the reference to the theme song Thunderdome. We don't need another hero. Tina belted that one out. Yes, she did. Great song, says Lady B, and cowbell awarded. Um, the big question is, Darlene in Connecticut asks Scott, did Scott, just for shits and gigs, actually eat the four Brussels sprouts that were cooked within an inch of their very existence, their oh, lives? Uh, yeah, they actually, they, I was pleasantly surprised. They were tasty, easy to chew, and hopefully will agree with me. I'll find out later. Well, because Lady B then added, P.S., I fucking hate Brussels sprouts. You serve me some, and I'll trample your roses and turn your dog into a Jehovah's Witness. And that, that, I, I think we like, all agree. I that funny. That's funny. Turning your dog into a Jehovah's Witness. Yes, well, only, only 144,000 Jehovah's Witness dogs will be admitted into the kingdom of God. Uh, it is, after well, all, prayer meeting Wednesday. Closed circuit to Lady B, I have it on good authority that Ferg, Robin's son, knows how to cook Brussels sprouts. 
Oh, Lord, does he. Well, you need to have Lady B over. I, no, 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 no. I, I will not. I will not be a Brussels sprout proselytizer. I, I won't. I won't do that. Uh, that's. The, do you know? Do you know how to get rid of Jehovah's Witnesses? Uh, what's your method, Scary Jerry? Because I've got several. Jerry. Uh, what's what's your get rid of the Jehovah's Witnesses method? Become a Seventh Day Adventurer. Oh my! That might that, that might do. You know, our our funniest uh, our funniest Jehovah's Witness story is the fact that for several years, a few years ago, the Jehovah's Witnesses took a shine to Annette because she's just nice to everybody, even Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, and eventually to show up every freaking weekend and after a while we'd see him pulling into the driveway and Annette would run and barricade herself in the bathroom and this became known as Annette going into the witness protection program which I thought was hilarious but I mean this is a million years ago now but <laughs> you know the kid. The kids were the kids were little, and you'd hear you'd hear this precious little voice. You know, is Mama going into the witness protection program today? <laughs> yes, baby, Mama is. My uh, no fail approach when yeah. it comes to to that dreaded knock on the door by the JWs. I open the door. I you know smile, nod politely, and they start out with their watchtower speech or whatever the hell it is. And I say, well, you know, I'd love to talk to you. But I'm on the way to give blood, and that just they go screaming down the path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the other one. That's the other thing I have them jump out a window, which is uh, crazy. Um, but if you go to Jehovah's Witnesses, okay, it's not because they'll take you to a specific verse. Mine is very biblically vibe. I go, it, the Bible says to not eat meat. Why do you still eat flesh? Sit there and babble. I go. Flesh has meat, uh, but not eat blood. That's the specific verse that they call their their. Yeah, and their uh, of course, I, I've, and, I have been known from time to time to tell them that I would love to talk to them, but in fact, that I've got everything set up at the altar for my black mass, and uh, I need to, I need to get back to it. And could they come back another day? And <laughs> oh, we're fine. I'm a, you know I'm a I'm a, I'm a practicing Roman Catholic works real well. I'm a witch. Uh, you know, they're, they're very picky about the people that they want to recruit into their cult. Yeah, invite them in. Have them help you light it's the It's a cult. It's, not, it, it's a cult up there with, 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 with Scientology. I mean, I, my, my, uh, my uh, last baby mama was, uh, wow, all right, pull up the chair. We're, we're going we're gonna to get in deep here. And when I met her, she was a stripper who was also a Jehovah's Witness. Did you know, and, um, J J Jerry? Did you did you know that there is a song out there? There is a song out there that addresses exactly that topic. Of course, there is because this is the horn. It's called Joni Joni the Jehovah's Witness Stripper. Are you kidding? Yeah. Me? No, yeah. I'm not kidding. You want? Uh, okay, you've called me on it. I got okay. No, I'd, I'd never encountered that in my long years on the planet playing music. Uh, 
No, it's, I'm probably about to have it. Uh, J-O-A-N-I-E, the... Yep. Hello. There it is. Hold on. Paul Thorne. Yeah. Paul, uh, Paul Thorne. Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna love this. Stand by. Kazoo that makes it art. Get the idea, but yes. Well, I, I'm properly chasing for my skeleton. Oh, I chasing? I was hoping you'd be entertained. Are you not well, entertained? I I, of course I was. Who's How can you not be? I mean, come on. Who's the Robin? Who's the artist? Paul Thorne. Paul Thorne. Yeah. Robin, I want you to put on your history your history cap here, reckon. And I got to give a, a boost, a uh, cowbell uh, to um. I don't know if it was last night or the night before to, to, to Todd for, um, I'm in America and it's good, but I'm glad for the hood that I, I, I busted out laughing in public and had people looking at me like, what was that about? That's all, it's always fun when I get those, those little moments where, uh, random innocent strangers are watching someone lo- uh, lose their mind laughing about something that's happened on the program. God knows it's, it, it's happened more times than I can count to, uh, Matt in San Francisco. Uh, Matt's Matt's gotten Matt's gotten looks at the gym. Matt's gotten looks at work. Matt's gotten looks on on Castro in San Francisco. I mean, I remember these things. I pay attention because these are the things that matter. That was a T-shirt. Okay. Um, here's the other thing now. A couple of things. First of all, because everybody's on this whole religious freedom kick, I'm I'm uh, planning on coming out of the closet and says, "My God says I." smoke weed and use the case one. It's just better for everything. So 
Um, if, if your religious freedom says you have to say the N-word or, or torture uh, gay people, then uh, we're, we're in here uh, dealing with the hemp. That's the first thing. The second thing is, historically speaking, they just found a, uh, a Jewish temple somewhere, uh, thousands of years old. Where'd you go, Jerry? We sometimes sometimes have connectivity problems with Jerry. Jerry. Yeah, let me try something else. I'll call back in a minute. No, you're solid now. You're you're, you're you're solid. You're solid. You're solid. You're is back. that what that is? Yeah. Did you hear what I said? I mean, historically, it sounds kind of it in a Jewish temple. So that that means. Um, via the IRS code that there's some tenon, okay? And um, the whole religious freedom kick that we're on. And this is also due to um, the, uh, the Senate down uh, cannabis banking yet again. So what I'm doing, or what I'm thinking of doing is really fucking dangerous because it breaks up the, uh, the bottleneck. The, the last people to try this all went to jail. So I was going, the best way to do this is not have a church do it by Zoom. An app. Does that make any sense? Some. Some. But uh, the voice in my head, who I choose to call God, has bugged me about this for the last 20 years, to be honest. And uh, notice he didn't say go shoot people. He said, uh, you know, sell weed and take care of old people. <laughs> Which is weird. But uh, that's that's me, and and invite the gay people to come in and sit up front and sing and help decorate. Which on this show doesn't sound that crazy, but out in the, the big world with um, pastors driving Rolls Royces, it sounds like heresy. It'd be an actual church instead of a business. I don't know. Not terrible. Hey, listen, uh, we are running out of program, so I'm going to go ahead and disconnect if that's okay, because I got a couple of things I got to okay. hit before we go. Mm-hmm. But uh, Scott, you just keep getting well, and the mm-hmm. uh, you know, scary Jerry, you keep getting well too. Uh, yeah. That that's that, that'd be that'd be just hey, great you know, if you do that. The funny thing about this is I'm kind of mad at Scott because he went and got the the, the health care I should have got. He's got CT scans and MRIs, and all I did was get injected with the wrong medication three times. It fucking devastated to me. I just came out of it like this week, where I was like verbal again, if that makes any sense. Well, you know, you, you, you know how the song goes. Um, so they loaded up the truck and they moved to Beverly Hills, that is, swimming pools, movie stars. I was going to say, uh, California's probably got a better deal going for taking care of the people who live there than Florida. Nothing against Florida, but... No, Florida's no place to live right now. I mean, I, 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 mean, no, I mean, no disrespect to uh, our, our many, many uh, friends and family members in the Sunshine State, but, you know, there's no getting around the... There's no, there's no getting around the fact that it... it, 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 it there's no today. Yeah, I know it's lovely, but there's no getting around the fact that Florida gets Stan on the end of it now. There's no redeeming political value to be found anywhere in the state. Almost, I mean, you know, there's some Democrats, there's some progressives, there's some liberals, but they can't they can't muster up enough to, uh, 
elect a governor? Or? No, there's a lot of liberals. There's a lot of liberals here. There's yeah. a lot of yahoos, but there's a lot of liberals. But we don't. We we, we keep to ourselves. We don't want to get any fights or gun matches because there's a lot of guns. We've got a lot, a lot of guns. guns Definitely a lot of guns. And we just keep it, we keep it moving and stay to ourselves. Um, but we got to speak out because it's not us. You know, being quiet is not helping. It's getting worse. No, that's what James was talking about. You you may not want to, but you get forced into a position of being an advocate just because, and an activist just because you, you because you're alive. But you guys, you guys, you guys take care. And I'm going to wrap things up here. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, Scott. I was just going to say, and and uh, the, their not so uh, certifiable governor wants to s- spread the cheer, so called, in his mind by running in 2024 for the big job. So God help us. Well, I, I posit, yesterday well, evening, I posited a, a, a nightmare scenario that uh, I personally find horrifying, but, you know, maybe others don't. Oh, but, Scott, you did get a note. You got a note from Ron and Raleigh, subject line, hospital food. When I was in hospital for cancer at mealtimes, I was presented with a menu, and I could call down to the kitchen and order my meals. So your hospital didn't offer a la carte meals? What kind of second-rate health care facility are you frequenting, Scott? Well, they will bring me snacks if I request them between meals. So it ain't all bad. No, and you rather like the Brussels sprouts, so there's that. No, I, that's the thing. I, I didn't like them as as much as was confused by the whole condition of it. <laughs> you, know? you didn't like I, them so much as you were worried about them. Let me put it this way. They're real big on on They're real big on straws. Every drink that you get here comes with a straw. I could have sucked those puppies up with a straw. That's how indeterminate their their consistency was. Yeah, I don't think we needed suck those puppies up on the program this evening. But well, you know, there you are, and here we go. And leave the puppies alone. We were going to let Robin go, weren't we, Jerry? Yes, we were. And then we, but we stayed around for the. Never mind, Scott, Jerry, be good. Talk to you soon. And uh, so we are pretty much at the end of the program. But I have something I need to take care of because Cat in Ohio put a hundred dollar challenge on the table, which got met. Um, And the uh, and and this is the this is the eggnog recipe that Ron and Raleigh sent me, but we're going to use an addendum courtesy of Brother Deacon Asa, who found an eggnog recipe from Rockefeller University Department of Virology. When you go to make your eggnog, mix in one and a half cups of whatever booze you're using, beat them directly into two eggs, and that cuts down on any risk of salmonella, which, uh, you know, when and if I make it, I'll be doing So... Here's the ingredients, uh, and Ron tells me this is a this is a world beater recipe. Twelve egg yolks, one entire pound of confectioner's sugar, two to four cups of the booze of your choosing, be it bourbon, Canadian whiskey, rye, brandy, uh, or rum. I just can't see using a white liquor for this. Just no. Uh, Because it's got a flavor to it. Two entire quarts of whipping cream. Have you priced whipping cream lately? 
you'll have to talk to your banker for this recipe. And then 8 to 12 egg whites. So basically, you're going to separate a dozen eggs. You're going to separate out the 12 egg yolks, and then you're going to keep the 12 egg whites. So the first thing you do is you beat those egg yolks until they're light in color. And if we're going to go with the uh, Brother Deacon Asa thing, I guess somehow or another you're going to have to whip some of the liquor into the egg whites and some of the liquor into the egg yolks. Uh, but you gradually, once you've beaten your, once you've beaten the egg yolks um, until they're light in color, you gradually whisk in that one pound of confectioner's sugar, and you very, very slowly, beating constantly, add two cups of dark rum, brandy, bourbon, or rye, and uh, you know it's 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 your preference. I personally think rum is a is a good you know something like a, a spiced rum like a Captain Morgan's or maybe the cheaper stuff. And so after you've done that, you let it set for an hour, and that gets rid of the eggy taste. And I think at that point in time, any risk of salmonella from the egg yolks portion of the program is over. And uh, at, and then uh, beating constantly, you uh, add in. Two to four cups more of hooch, two quarts of whipping cream, and you refrigerate it for three hours. Then you beat the egg whites, at this point in time it's a dozen egg whites, until they're stiff but not dry. You don't want to make meringue. And you lightly fold the egg whites into the previous mix the yolks, the booze, the confectioner's sugar. And you flavor with uh, just a, use a really light hand on the cinnamon. Cinnamon can be overpowering, but unless you have an abiding distaste for it, uh, nutmeg, is the, nutmeg is the centerpiece for eggnog. And the recipe warns this is very rich, high cholesterol, high octane eggnog. Um, if you use the four cups of liquor in the second part, it'll be very alcoholic. If you only use two cups, it'll still be pretty strong because that's uh, a grand total of either four or six cups of booze in about a gallon of eggnog. A gallon is 128 ounces. Eight cups of, I mean, uh, six cups of, uh, of, of 80 proof booze. Yeah, well, that's uh, somewhere around half of the entire recipe. So, exercise caution. Thank you, Cat. Thank you so much for that. And thanks, everybody. This has been a uh, this has been a heck of a prayer meeting Wednesday, and I'm so thankful uh, to our new friend James Slaw for joining in. James, thank you. Really, I cannot thank you enough. Um, thanks to all of our PayPal and Patreon subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Thank you so much for getting us down to only 390 to go. So tomorrow will be 690 as we go in a mad rush to actually pay the power bill. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. I don't know if anybody, uh, well, let me check. 
Uh, uh, Roger, thank you for uh, popping in, and thank you, Steve, for popping in and moderating the uh, chat room. Thanks to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Head on dot live. Brand new Fresh Malloy on the way. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. The best place to listen to the first run of Malloy is, of course, head on dot live, because among other things, no commercials. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. Wipe down your surfaces. Help stop the spread of RSV. And, you know, there's a potential here with this Arctic blast on the way. Uh, that more more people are going to be inside and around each other. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Maintain your social distance. 15 to 20 feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And for heaven's sakes, um, if somebody comes blathering down the street at you, talking, you know, t- uh, talk, talking as how... You know, we ain't got, we can't rent no place for our hate church because people don't want to rent to avoid, avoid that homicidal maniac uh, Christian preacher, like the plague, because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Lighter. <laughs>